What's up, guys?、Uh, welcome to another episode of Counterculture Ketchup.、Uh, my name is Joel. To my left is our artesian pastor, Pastor Jamie.、Uh, together, we want to motivate the church to influence the culture with the kingdom of God by applying a biblical worldview to every single topic.、Uh, be sure to subscribe to our Freedom Church NJ YouTube channel and wherever you listen to podcasts.、Uh, leave a comment on what you thought, what you liked, didn't like, or if you have a topic that you'd like to address. Be sure to hit the like button or hit the dislike button twice. Amen. Amen. <laughs> James, how's it going? I'm good, man. Good. And、uh, we'd like to、um, give a shout out to our sponsors.、Um, Today's Choice Women's Center.、Mm-hmm. You know, definitely go to、uh, friendsoftodayschoice.org and support them.、Uh, they're doing a great work there in Newton. And、uh, Born Again Baking. Yep. Lucinda Lynch, always bringing us some excellent goodies, supporting us. Bringing you know, the goods. Um, uh, Building us up, making us more yes. robust. Yes, that's right. And,、uh, <laughs> but we're very grateful if you、uh, go to boardinggetmaking.com and、uh, order one of everything <laughs> and get 10% off. You put CC10 in、mm-hmm. when you、uh, check out. So,、mm-hmm. again, friendsoftodayschoice.org and、uh, boardinggetmaking.com. There we go. All right. Ready to go. Part、right. two. Yeah, part two of our, our RETS deconstruction. <clears throat> To do a little recap,、sure. a little bit of what we went over. Yeah, yeah.、Um, you know, he was raised in a, uh, you know, in a, a Christian home,、yeah. you know, raised in a church, a Reformed church, you know.、Um, and、uh, right. what's that? Evangelical. Evangelical, yeah. <clears throat> and、uh, seemed to be some, you know, basic, yeah, pretty standard, good, good、not、teaching, a, I would, a, I would assume. Yeah. And, uh, But as he was growing, he started to, he, he, he had some questions had to do with,、um, you know, the veracity of the scripture,、mm-hmm. um, you know, evolution as he、right. started, you know, very in, inquisitive and like science. So he was looking into that and asking questions about that. And, and then,、uh, you know, over the course of time, you know, he's, he's looking at, you know, well, what about, you know, What about all the science that's built、yeah. up around that? And, and then questioning like the resurrection, you know, how, how would this work、mm-hmm. and all of those kind of things. And, and over the course of the time, he,、uh, you know, he was reading books and, <clears throat> you know, he, he, was, he was asking the questions, but he wasn't, he, it didn't seem that he had the good,、um, maybe a good group of people around him to really walk him through、yeah. to those, to get through those. Those questions and have good answers for、yeah. them. you know. So, so he was reading other books and, and finding things that kind of fit his,、um, it, it fit kind of where he was going because it seems、yeah. like he was already established in that, yeah, I have questions and I'm, I'm struggling with my faith a bit,、uh, even though he was so, he was totally into church, you、mm-hmm. know, he was very involved. But he was still on the inside questioning these things.、Mm-hmm. And, um, and then found some things that seemed to answer that, you know, and,、uh, and kind of directed him away from the, whether a scripture is real, you、yeah. know, and science kind of, you know, became where he was landing,、mm-hmm. you know, so.、Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and we talked about、uh, the proverb that says, you know, the first person presents their case and 
he sounds right until the next person comes and can sure. examine his claims. And I think there's an extra step that um, that Rhett was taking because I think he first heard just growing up um, when you're in your formative years, you know, whatever you hear, you're going to think is correct, right? Whether it's a cult or, you know, and so then when you get older and you have to examine it, you hear the other side and that's really when your faith is tested the most because now you're hearing from leading scientists, leading um, like professors, right? Um, or even in his case, the guy who was talking about evolution was actually a Christian, right? Right. So even <clears throat> from within the church, yeah, Francis Collins, yeah, from within the church, um, he's getting uh, something that can shake that foundation of. I always thought, you know, the the Earth was only six thousand years old, and now I'm getting this thing about evolution. Like, you know, it's kind of rocking my world, you know. But um, but I think the extra step in that proverb would be to go back to the first side that you were brought up in and to see what at least what the best uh, the best advice that they have against the other view because it's so easy to have a, kind of a shallow faith growing up and I mean just from my point of view I had an amazing upbringing right. in the faith and in church but until I was challenged with views that were not my own from people who were smarter than me I did not really have to put my the stake in the ground and say this is why I believe in the Bible or this is why, I, and so once those started coming up uh, against what I believed, I had to go and study yes their side, but also my side deeper. So I just think it's important to yes study both sides, but really study the best from both sides. Right. And I think you can come to a better understanding of what the objective truth is that way. Yeah, you know, so. for sure, and it's okay to make to ask those questions. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's uh, and it's it's really good because the if you're asking good questions and you're willing to put the time in, yeah. then you're really going to be able to um, to find uh, a solid foundation for you to build to to build your worldview on. You know, and um, and so yeah, doing 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 the study asking the questions you know the, those things are good it's mm -hmm. okay you know so but you know you have to do it with what you were just talking about you know do it in the best light you know right you know, give the right. best from each side yeah and then go from there yeah because the last thing you'd want to do is change your beliefs <clears throat> and not fully examine them before you leave them sure um and then just leave them just because either you were hurt or something happened where you're like, I just have to leave, you know, like you want to put like, it's your life. It's worth the extra time it takes to study it in depthly. Yeah. You know, is that a word in depthly? Sure. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. By the way, if you do see uh, anything on my arm, I did get contract poison ivy. Con you contracted <laughs> I con it. I <laughs> contracted the disease. <laughs> <laughs> At my student Ivy's house. <laughs> I don't know if contract works there. <laughs> You're just having how, a, would you, how would you how would you say it? Anaphylaxis. I anaphylacticized <laughs> the poison ivy. You're having it in, in a uh, um, yeah. You're having a reaction to the urochial oil. Do you need a science okay. lesson? All right. <laughs> Our resident scientist <laughs> is in. Good. We'll need you in this episode. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. But, all right, so, yeah, obviously this is part two, so if you didn't see part one, go and watch part one before you watch this. Um, we're going to start about 40, 40, 
40 some odd minutes into 44 yeah 44 now into um Rhett's deconstruction story um yeah and this is called Rhett's spiritual deconstruction and i believe this was about three three years ago that it was yeah. so we'll have the link down below but um so we're going to react as we go which is our new format <clears throat> and um we'll stop and start it or we'll just keep it going depending on you know whatever we want so <laughs> all right so you ready oh let's go man. all right let's do it you know he's got a very specific way of kind of getting to the bottom of things and he's talking about uh, his father. i think yeah. so it's kind of in my dna to be lawyer. concerned about truth but i think ultimately it was like again back to what i said at the beginning is the whole point is that jesus is the way the truth and the life this is the truth you f- the, you find the truth the truth sets you free truth 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 the whole point of the bible why people defend the Bible and say that the Bible is inerrant, without error. It is from God. It's, it's you know, written by God through people. The whole point of all that is because... That could use some further definition. paramount. Un, uh, maybe more so than any other faith. The holy text being true is so, such a, it's a linchpin, right? Now, okay. And I... Just one more thing. You had mentioned there were two camps when you were talking about that, about the Bible being uh, literally what actually happened versus Adam and Eve being figurative. I don't know if you were coming back to that or not, but it seemed like, again, we're at a point where there's how you just described. That's a certain subset of Christian faith that believes those things about the Bible. Yeah, and I think it's it's pretty fitting that at this point we moved to California. 2011, we moved to... Just before we get to California, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I just want to say one thing about the uh, the inerrancy of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, we understand that not everything in Scripture is supposed to be taken literally. And so it, it's supposed to be taken literally in the context and the genre in which it was written. We talk about this a lot on our show because that is one of the ways that people misinterpret Scripture the most, is they don't understand or put proper categories on the book of scripture or the type of writing that it is. Actually, one example real quick, the book of Daniel. It starts off in <clears throat> historical narrative. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Daniel and his friends. They get thrown into a fiery furnace. Then the second half of the book is a vision where he's in the in the, in the the night he had this vision yep. about, yep. right? And then you have the seven-headed beast. I'm mixing up that in Revelation. But the point is, that's obviously a different type of genre. So we wouldn't want to say, well, where's the literal seven-headed dragon? That's not the way that we should interpret the book of Daniel there. So they're bringing it into Adam and Eve and saying, are Adam and Eve literal or are they metaphorical? Right. I would say, first off, Obviously, I, I would believe that they're literal people, and Jesus definitely sure. seems to confirm that. But even if they were metaphorical, it doesn't mean that it's not true still. Right. The truth <clears throat> of the story can still be the truth, whether or not that they were literal people or not, because it doesn't have to be literal for it to be true. Right. So the book of Revelation is not literal, most of it, but it's still true. Right. Right? So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. That's good. Good. California, we immediately got involved in a church, an evangelical church, met some great people, made some great friends. Uh, and this is when I adopted what I'm going to call California Christianity. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> to get at what Link was getting at. Here well, let me put it this way. No. Uh, in L.A., e- even within the evangelical church, I think there is this sort of, because you're in this incredibly 
diverse place with so many different perspectives. You really can't maintain a Christian faith in a place like this hmm. without at least some sort of realization that there's a lot of gray. Uh, Are there Christians in California? It all figured out. It's not about being completely. There's sure. no way to be it's sure. About a relationship <laughs> with Jesus. This would suggest no. And <laughs> this was like a kind of a breath of fresh air for me, honestly, coming to California with all these doubts. I found these Christians who had these doubts, Christians who saw the Bible differently, who were like, yeah, man, I don't know exactly what happened. Evolution seems like it probably did happen. And Adam and Eve might not have been real, but like, that's not my day-to-day with Jesus, man. You know, and so I have a relationship with Jesus. I wrote in my journal, 2011, my faith is still weak, but it is not gone. And possibly God is revealing a foundation that he can build real faith upon. Here are a few things that have hit me recently. From an intellectual standpoint, I may never have certainty about my faith. That pursuit may be fruitless. It's becoming clearer that the significance of my faith, or the so-called proof of Christianity, is not found in a well-reasoned argument. Rather, it rings true the way a musical note would. It hits my resonant frequency. Hmm. And that was very reassuring to me at the time when we moved to L.A., I was it. like, you man, in this kind it. of crazy world with <laughs> people trying to be all about themselves. I mean, we have to get through this, but I mean, this is what we're here for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me, that's like a huge red flag because he's looking for something that would resonate with him personally, right. and that's right. not what truth does. Right. Truth is truth, whether or not you it resonates with you. I mean, I love music, but I'm not looking for music out of my truth. Right. Right. Truth is gonna. It, it should actually not be what you would think. In, in a sense, because otherwise, why do we need something outside of us, you know, to be the truth? Yeah, so, we shouldn't have we shouldn't have a bias towards something when we're looking for truth. Right. It right. should be well. This is right. You know, I'm I'm good either way. Just yeah, give me the truth. Exactly. I'm happy. Yeah, and a well reasoned like I don't know. That's confusing to me. Well reasoned argument. Yeah. How would that not be? what the truth is found well, in. Well, unfortunately, as you as you listen to his story... Because in California, I guess. Well, well, you start to see the inconsistency of the, the thinking, you know, because it's the well-reasoned argument that has caused him to walk away from his faith. So at this point in his story, before he walks away, right, he's saying that his faith is hanging on by a thread, and he right, realizes right, that... Weak, yeah. He's realizing that his faith is not going to be able to stand up to a well-reasoned argument, mm, yeah. right? Yeah, but that sure. he's still going to hold on to his faith, but only in the sense of the musical note, right? right? That yeah, it's, you're right. Yeah. it's not going to yeah. be in, like, logic. Like, it's not going to make sense, but I still have to believe it, sure. you know, kind of sure. a thing. So I think that's why I'm saying I think that's um, a key moment yeah. in his journey because if our faith is not well-reasoned, then we don't want to believe it then. Right. Then it's not... If it doesn't make sense, if it's illogical, then we should discard it. So I think all of... Like, I think he's already kind of made his yeah. choice here. Cause once, yeah. what, because once... You're if, already there. You're already yeah. there. Because if our faith is not built on a well-reasoned argument, then you shouldn't believe it. Because that musical note is not going to stand up right. to the bombarding of secular thought that is going to come in. Um, it's just not going to yeah. hold up to it. Um, and that's that's really the crux of the whole the whole thing. So the battle is really in that yeah. the well reasoned arguments. Do they lead to Christianity or do they lead against Christianity? Right. 
you know, and for him at this point, he's kind of already given up that ghost. Yeah. You know, he's like, there is no well-reasoned yeah, argument for there's it. There's no argument. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but that's where I want to get to. Yeah. I want to know what are those arguments because the things that we studied in part one were definitely not strong enough. I mean, he, right. he was saying in that time, like, it seems plausible for evolution and stuff. Like, it wasn't that clear yeah. that it was just so well, obvious, well, you know. Well, it's obviously true. But it might be true. Right, right. And it seems like it might <laughs> and be And it the seems best. like. Yeah. It's like, well, which one is it? Yeah. Pick one. And we still, in his story, we haven't gotten to what we talked about last week, the munchkin. Yeah. Right? What's the heart of the gospel? Because it's the cross and the resurrection. And if that remains true, you still have the well-reasoned argument for Christianity. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't gotten to why that isn't true, even at this point in his story, sure. which is very interesting. Because, you know, many people who believe in evolution who are still solid believers so that's not the heart of the gospel so i'm wondering like he's already kind of given up the well-reasoned argument for christianity but he didn't at least he hasn't told us in this video why the crux of the christian faith the story of jesus why that isn't true or why that's not a well-reasoned argument he hasn't given us anything about that yet and i'm hoping that he does (laughs) because that's that is the meat of the issue sure you know Oh, yeah, for sure. So That's the munchkin. That's the munchkin, exactly. Cool? Yeah. It's in this place that it's all about making it an entertainment business. I've got my faith. I've got my relationship with Jesus. I've got my Christian community. And I don't have it all figured out, and it is gray, but it feels so true. Oh, boy. And it proves okay. itself out to be true in my daily life. Yeah, that's... He's, he's done. I tried <laughs> living like this. Your feelings are not strong enough problems. to hold truth um, together. The music did not continue to resonate... Well, in your bosom. Basically, the foundation of my faith ultimately was still the Bible. Even if I had sort of a more liberal view or more gray view of what the Bible might mean and represent. And so every time I read the Bible, I saw issues with it. Every time I heard a sermon, I would have an issue with it. My experience with Christianity was basically inflaming my doubts and my questions. So the closer I got to it, the more I couldn't quite shake these questions that continued to linger. And I wonder what sermons he was listening to. Yeah. Maybe he could have asked the pastor about it. Yeah. There. Sure, we can talk about evolution. We can talk about the historicity of the Old Testament. But where I'm not going to go is I'm not going to go to Jesus. I'm right, not going to question Jesus. But I just couldn't help myself. Because I was like, my understanding of who Jesus is is not just based on my experience with him personally, but it's also based on what the Bible has to say about him. This is why, how we know what there is to know about Jesus. And again, when I looked into this, my world was rocked in a very big way. I'm not going to give sufficient detail here. Just don't uh, the way. Lots of people have gone and done this who are smarter and more educated than me. But basically, um, there are just as many views on this as there are people who study it. But essentially, I live my whole life being sure that the Gospels were historically reliable, almost taking it for granted. I mean, I'd read Josh McDowell's evidence that demands a verdict, and Josh McDowell's new evidence that demands a verdict. I had read Lee Strobel's Case for Christ. I could spit these arguments back out to you on an airplane and make you think that, whoa, I must, I should be a Christian. Um, Why on an airplane, by the way? Because when you're an evangelical Christian and you sit next to a stranger, this may be the only opportunity you ever have to share the life-changing message of Jesus with them. There were lots of conversations that involved 
airplane evangelism because right. it was just like his captive audience. Yeah. Like, you're going to go this whole flight and not say anything? Right. What if it crashes? Um, now, but I took a second to go one layer deeper and to look at the answers to the Christian answers that I had been given all go. my life. And that was when I realized that this Jesus thing was very, very messy from a historical standpoint. Hmm. Um, there's a few books that do a good job of outlining some of this stuff. Uh, one of them is Jesus Interrupted by Bart Ehrman, mm. uh, who's a professor of New Testament at UNC, who incidentally, Jesse was in his class, and she used to come home every single day, and then we would come up with ways to go back to argue against him, ironically. Um, <laughs> me and you are actually involved in a Campus Crusade initiative on the campus of UNC to kind of combat what he was doing because he was having so much influence on the students. So I understood Bart Ehrman had been the enemy for so long, but what I started to realize is that he had a very similar story, and I thought that he dealt with the subject matter in an honest and even-handed way. There's also a book called The Historical Jesus, Five Views, which kind of runs the spectrum, runs the gamut on how you can see this. But basically what I just saw is that there's so many people coming at this with an intention to uncover the truth, to find the truth, and they're coming to these wildly different conclusions. This isn't like science. You know, somebody does a scientific experiment in 1985 in China, and then somebody does the same scientific experiment in 2019 in California. If, they, if everything is controlled, they're going to come to the same conclusion. That's not how history works, and it makes it very uh, difficult evolution to come to definitive yeah. conclusions about that. But essentially, in the end, by far to me personally, the most compelling and seemingly reasonable view was that the Gospels appear to be a mix of religious propaganda as well as actual history. So there's definitely some history in there. I think Jesus was a real person, so does Bart Ehrman. But I don't think that as he is presented there is completely reliable. That's what I was thinking at the time. So what did you believe about Jesus? You reached a conclusion about the person of Jesus at that time when you were, when you were researching that. I, be, I had a picture of Jesus that was the picture that I had always had of this person who did these miracles and died on the cross and rose again and died for my sins and was God in the flesh. All the things that were important to believe about him. But I had doubts about those things being true. But I didn't have another picture of Jesus. There was no other picture of Jesus. So you read all these books, you did all this research about Jesus, but your conclusion was not really a conclusion at that point. Oh yeah, I was still in process. And so this was incredibly unsettling, right? Uh, this is This was way more unsettling than anything that had happened so far. Because this was Jesus. This was the core of everything. This is who my relationship was with, and all of a sudden, I've got very serious doubts about Do I really have a relationship with this him. person who doesn't I, exist? I think that <laughs> anyone that you would have conversations with, and you did initiate with not only Jesse, but with me, mm-hmm. and with other people that you, you confided in over, over this decade of going through this, um, if you were talking to someone who was was still very much committed to their faith, it was like much more solid. I think the response, maybe it's not spoken, mm-hmm. is, well, yeah, as long as you, as long as you hold on to Jesus, and, and you know, it's like that. You can't let go of that. You can let go of everything else, but you can't really let go of what you believe about Jesus raising from the dead and and paying the penalty for your sins instead of you. Well, you can't be a Christian if you don't believe that. 
already did and came back. Right. Is the belief. So it's no, no, it's not. You can let other that's stuff not, go that's and not a maybe belief. not panic. And again, I'll I'll share my perspective yeah, on saying. interacting with you more next week. But I that Jesus went to hell, so we don't oh, have to. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed the hell part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, put it this way: no, <laughs> he went to Hades, which yes. is different, which is different than hell, because <clears throat> how can hell be thrown into the lake of fire? Right. If it is the lake of fire. Yeah. No, he That's went to problem. Hades, and he was with the um, thief on the cross in paradise. So, anyway. That doesn't necessarily say much, but... At times, that was part it's of it. It's a thing. It's actually a cop. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. what you believe about Jesus is paramount, but what you believe about Jesus is still based on what is presented in the Bible. If not, where else are you getting it? I mean, some people might be like, well, I'm getting it directly from God. <laughs> uh, but that's not what Christianity teaches. It's coming from God and the Bible, and they don't contradict one another. Uh, Actually, it's coming from the Bible and history. Mm-hmm. Not just the the words right. in the Bible that right, somehow right. got to us, but the Bible is uh, claims to be reliable historical accounts of what happened, especially the Gospels. That's why there's sure. four of them. <laughs> because it's like, this is the part we need to know about. And so there's four different accounts. I mean, you guys know what the Gospels are. But that's the the point of it, it's not like because it's in this book that gives it a special right. I mean, we do believe obviously the Bible is inspired, but even even if it wasn't like an inspired book, it would still give potentially historically accurate um, accounts of what actually happened in history. So it's not sure. it's not a, a direct revelation from God. I mean, the Bible is, but I mean our 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 belief mm-hmm. of what happened 2,000 years ago in Nazareth is not coming yeah, coming not to us from direct to us, sure. direct revelation from God. It's based in history. And if it's not, then we shouldn't believe it. And if it is, then we should believe it. You know, And the case for Christ is Lee, Lee Strobel's version of exactly what he's going through. I'm having a crisis of faith. Let me examine everything and then come to a conclusion. Yeah. They come to different conclusions. And so that's the... Yeah, and and the 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 reality of what he's saying when it comes to the veracity of the manuscripts and things like that, there is so much there is so much external evidence right. for um, the things in the in the Bible, in the New Testament mm-hmm. especially of being true. You know that what Jesus did, the fact that there are like you said there are four gospels, you know that uh, are not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, which would suggest that there's, you know, that they would have been playing around with it if they were all exactly the same. Um, and also the false gospels that came later, the gospel of Thomas, gospel sure. of Peter, but people bring them up and be like, how come they weren't accepted into yeah. the canon kind of a thing? It's like, because people who knew the story were like, this is not how it happened. Yeah. You know, so it's just a, a weird way of looking at history. Yeah, well, yeah. there are different ways of looking <laughs> at history that is hard it i there is a ton of stuff that goes into it and that's why obviously there are people who dedicate their lives to studying history but that ultimately i think for me that's where the battle lies is in the historical truthfulness of what actually happened yeah. 2000 years ago yeah. you know but it's not yeah, like the direct revelation from god right, kind of right, thing right. it's not the feelings it's not the this just resonates with me because jesus right. he did so so many good things or stuff that is not going to yeah, hold up it, to it cannot it can't 
you know. Definitely, I can't. I mean, all that is true, but <laughs> that's not where our faith is. Our faith lies in Jesus rose from the dead. Sure. And if he didn't, then what are we, yeah, what what are we all what doing? What do we have? Yeah. yeah. So. so when it became clear to me that it wasn't something that I could have the same kind of faith in it that, I, that I've had, um, I, 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 was, I had a meltdown. I didn't do anything crazy externally, but there was a lot happening internally. At this point, I said, "Do you remember a, t- a time or a place associated with this?" Well, I've got a couple of journal, ent- another journal entry that okay. I go into, which is sort of the next stage of this thing. But uh, not, not particularly. But I do remember saying this at the time. I was like, "God, you are bigger than all of this, right? I, I'm just this little human who sees through a glass darkly. My, I got this finite mind, and I'm trying to understand." The infinite mind, the creator of the universe, seems pretty arrogant, actually, you know? And, and I was like, is God just sitting there watching me do all this research, and eventually I'm just gonna, he's going to give me some satisfying answer, and then all of a sudden I'm going to have faith? That just didn't seem, that doesn't seem like a relationship. That's not how you conduct a relationship. I don't make my wife fit a certain criteria. I, 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 I don't ask her a bunch of questions about her past in order for her to qualify to be you know what I'm saying? It's like I experienced relationship with her on a personal level. And it, I just felt like I was just completely in my mind, and I made this whole thing like scientific and intellectual. And, and also, it seemed like I was being arrogant because I was waiting for God to fit my expectations. I was creating God in my own image as opposed to God creating me in his image. I had flipped the script on God and was waiting for him to like be my little trick pony that does all the things that I want him to do in order for me to believe in him. Uh, there's a verse that kind of gets into Which this. was answers, basically. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, Classic. neither are your ways my ways, for declares sure. the God Lord. Everything you can As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts oh, than your yes. thoughts. Yes. So and God's saying, I'm bigger than you. Right. You just, there's certain things you just can't get dude yeah and at this point I was that's like, not okay, really what that verse you know what? means <laughs> I think this is probably where faith comes in you know it, it it makes sense to me that this might be where faith comes in because um I I am sitting here trying to prove this stuff out but shouldn't I just have faith first and then maybe these answers will be given to me by God uh, isn't this what faith is all about I mean the whole point is it's, it's evidence of things not seen, right? And so your next step was, there's no way for me to know, but I'm going to try a different route, which is I'm going to, maybe faith needs to come first. Yeah. And then we'll open up, maybe that'll lead to something. Yeah, I can believe in the Jesus that I believe in, because that's what the Bible says. I can believe in the biblical Jesus, even though I have reasons from historical perspective to doubt that I can still believe in it and overcome that. What? And this... (laughs) I don't think you can. Yeah, I think. How can you separate right. the story of Jesus from the historic Jesus, like the Jesus that actually lived? Yeah. What are you believing at that point? Yeah, then? just the story. A story of that somebody didn't who didn't. Yeah, that didn't happen. And it's just a fairy tale at that point. What are you believing in, <laughs> <I> though? Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of um, misinterpretation of Scripture actually going on in pretty much all of those passages. Because the my thoughts are not your thoughts doesn't mean that, oh, we just can't understand. 
this stuff in the Bible. Um, it's saying, I have a better plan that you might not understand mm-hmm. in the time. But it's not talking about understanding the truth that of... It's not talking about the truth of the Bible. It's talking about when you are trusting God, sometimes you can't see his bigger plan in sure. the, in throughout all of it. So that's one problem. For, and another thing is that when we get to the New Testament, the story of Jesus is not my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The story of Jesus is what our hands have touched and yes. our eyes have seen. That exactly. is what we are. This is eyewitness. This is reality. Tes- testimony. Yep. Yeah. You know, this is Thomas going from somebody who doubts because he couldn't he couldn't see to then um, feeling the holes in Jesus's hands and being like, um, okay, there's no way I can deny this anymore. And right. then Jesus saying, yes, there is an element of blessed are you who have not seen and yet have believed. So there is an element of faith to that. But our faith, I think this is the reason that Christianity has only grown since that day is because it is based on something that happened. And I don't think you can have a good answer as to why Christianity would have grown to where it is today unless there's something there. Yeah. yeah or, well, or you the... would have to do a lot of work to explain how something that didn't actually happen was able to grow the way that it did. Yeah. Well, the the reality of, of the, the Christian faith is just evident throughout the culture where it's where it's been um, the foundation of that culture because it brings prosperity, it brings freedom, it brings peace, it brings like all of these things, you know, and so you, you have, you don't have those without, without the foundation of Christianity, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not really, you know? And so, you know, so there's definitely an argument to be made for that being Mm -hmm. like, there's, there is absolutely something real here. Um, but uh, I was just looking up Isaiah fifty-five just to to look at the what's around that yeah. bit where that he um, that he had read. So start with start with verse six, uh, if I may. Yeah, yeah, please seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Mm. So it's very much based on that God's plan. You may not see God's plan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and prior to that, he's talking, um, and he's saying, uh, to Israel, incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. And then he he goes in verse uh, five, behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know and a nation that did not know you shall run to you, you know, because of the Lord, your God. And it's Mm -hmm. like saying, like, you don't understand these Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. but understand I have a plan that's Mm -hmm. bigger than your your understanding Mm -hmm. you know it's not yeah it's not that we just can't uh, we just can't understand god yeah yeah it's like there must not be uh, any any historical accuracy in the bible because we just don't understand you know 
That's, yeah. yeah. We really have to, we have to do, and it takes a lot of work, but we have right. to really dig into these kind of things. Yeah. You know, we don't want to be stuck with, with faith that's built on uh, miscellaneous verses of scripture that uh, allow our, our theology just to be compartmentalized right. theology yeah you know that it's it's terribly inconsistent and that's when i hear people um when i hear people say that theology isn't important which i've heard mm-hmm. and some people i understand what they're saying some people it's not the same thing as what mm-hmm. the people that i understand what they're saying is mm-hmm. but the reality is if we don't have if we can't trust, you know, what we're, um, that the word of God is true and we understand it for the way that it's supposed to be understood mm-hmm. as best that we can, you know, there are things, of course, this is an eternal God. Are we going to understand mm-hmm. everything about him? No, mm-hmm. you know, but we'll be like him when we see him. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are certain things so, that God says you have to know. Right. Otherwise, you cannot be saved. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. You know? And absolutely. so that's why... And those are the key things, but I think that we have... Yeah, we can exactly. start with that foundation, but then we have to build. Yeah. You know, we have to be willing to put the work in, you know, um, be be diligent in studying, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. Like, be a worker worthy, you know, of the calling, mm-hmm. you know? Rightly dividing the Word of God, like, that's what we're called. We should be doing that, mm-hmm. you know? And... uh there's there's real value to that, mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting because I I think they were in like North Carolina, South Carolina. I forget where he said that they grew up, but it was in that area um, down there where there's a ton of like that, like there's a church on every corner kind yeah. of thing, and a ton of evangelical churches. Yeah, that's why he knows and, that verse. <clears throat> yeah, but that but that's the thing. It's such a common, it's like common verse and common. Yeah, a platitude. You know, to it say becomes when, you, a when you don't know something. Yeah, it right? becomes a platitude, and that and that's the unfortunate part where, you know, there's we, we just want to avoid that. Yeah, we want to avoid that. You know, um, that scripture of the day, Christianity. You right, know, where right. it's just wow, that's a nice verse. You know, and that means you know, oh, what does that mean to, for me today? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it may not mean anything for you <laughs> yeah. today or ever. You know, yeah. or maybe it does mean something. Yeah, but but you, why don't you dig into it and find out? Yeah. Does it does it mean what I think it means? Well, and you don't rest right. your faith on something that was not written, sure. supposed to be for you, sure. directly. You can you know for your day to day life and your relationship with the Lord and how He's speaking to you through His Word. That is all fine, but that's like a different category yeah. than did Jesus rise from the dead or not? Right, and that's I think that's what He's doing. That is not the smartest thing to do. Because you don't go to a passage in Isaiah, which is in the Old Testament, which is not about Jesus at all, and which is not even about the context that he's talking about, and then say, see, we just can't know about Jesus rising from the dead. When when you actually go to those stories in the New Testament, look at Luke 1. Luke is like, you know, many people have talked about this story and stuff. You guys know, I've taken, I've been taking eyewitness accounts from people who were there. You guys know the truthfulness of what I'm saying. Read it in in Luke chapter 1. He's like, I wanted to give you the most detailed account so that everybody knows exactly what happened. This is not my thoughts are higher than your thoughts kind of a thing. 
Look at um, 1 Corinthians 15. Paul's like, I received from the Lord, right, that which I delivered for you. Christ died according to our sins. Mm-hmm. If he didn't, then our faith is futile and don't believe anything that we say. Again, this is not, well, my ways are just higher than your ways. You sure. just can't understand it. And it's contempt- a different category, yeah. right, that is, that is really life-changing and life-threatening if you don't make the proper category yeah. dis- distinction when interpreting these incredibly important passages. Sure, yeah. This is when uh, I ran into some pretty problems. Pretty work. So, uh, the first thing was, how does this differentiate me from any other faith on earth, right? One of the things that makes Christianity unique is that, you know, it is the way, the truth, and the life. What? No man comes to the Father except through the Son, right? Uh, you don't get to the Son through somebody else. You don't get to the Son through Buddha, right? Um, but also... Evangelical Christians tend to be pretty critical of other faiths. Um, Mormonism is a perfect example, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in an evangelical church or certain evangelical churches, oh, you know they teach you that Mormons basically have it wrong. That Mormons, Mormonism is a bastardization of Christianity, right? Uh, it's not just another Christian group. And they, lots of Christians will write books that explain how all the things that Mormons believe about Joseph Smith and these things that happened are not true, and here's why. And the Book of Mormon is not true, and here's why. So they can be very critical of that faith. But if they're not true, and here's why, then they're not <laughs> yeah, true, right. and there's why. <laughs> the guy thought he... But an angel came to him and gave him golden plates. I mean, well, it's I not that everything is true. Just because people that say it, like you can be critical right. about things yeah. that you can tell me aren't that these true. things seem wrong, and you can show me certain things, but I believe them to be true, and you can't change that because I right. have this sort of seal and sign from God, this indication that this faith is real yeah, and this is all true. The bosom, and I was like, he's speaking for a Mormon. I, I think so. Okay. Isn't that what I'm doing right now? Isn't I'm well, now I'm problem. just saying that I'm just going to have faith that things are real. Damn the evidence. That's the problem. So how does that make me any different, right? That's a, actually um, a good point. And ultimately, this kind of faith felt a little cowardly to me, to be honest. It felt like what I was saying is, yeah, there's some there's some conclusions that I really don't want to come to, uh, and the way I'm going to avoid those is just by having faith. But ultimately, you just can't make yourself believe. Mm-hmm. You just can't make yourself have faith. This was a torturous place for me, right? And I was there for a very long time. There was lots of praying. There was lots of reading the Bible, which would inflame some of the same doubts. There was lots of talking to Christians openly about what was happening. I want to be very clear that I didn't go into a cave somewhere and, and come to these conclusions. talking to his friends. And never run them by. <clears throat> I didn't want which are not to always leave good this thing, man. I, this was my life. This was this defined everything for me. This is this was the foundation of my marriage. This was the foundation of the way I was raising my kids. I didn't want it to go away. It was the orienting, purpose-driven worldview that was was basically defined everything about me. But yet, I'm having this. I'm going through this process. I'm talking with people. I'm talking to my wife. She's crying. <laughs> uh, talking to me. Yeah, talking to you, you. I was talking to you the entire time about this stuff. It's you a very, cry. Thank you. it's a very common thing that people say. Um, like, I didn't want to leave but the prior faith. The major shift for me, but I've definitely when I asked heard people who question say I that and they didn't actually very, believe very, that very they were ready to leave. Mm-hmm. What if I'm wrong? 
What if I opened myself up to the possibility that maybe I have been wrong about this? I want to be clear. I had never done that. Even in all these things that had like shaken me, right? All these doubts that I had. I still was sort of, there was this Christian core that was completely protected through all this that I wasn't willing to let go of. But I was like, what if, what if I am wrong? Can I just live like that for a little bit? I'm pretty good at kind of giving myself over to things, right? I can watch a movie and get lost in it. Mm-hmm. I can read a book. I can get lost. In He's going to give not believing in Jesus a try. See if, he, see if he likes it. <laughs> I decided that I was going to do that. It's like, let's just consider what it would mean if you were wrong. What would that mean about the Bible? And when I was honest with myself, wouldn't mean anything. The Bible began to make a lot more sense. The Bible's not going to change based on your feelings about it. (laughs) It seemed less and less like God's message to people and more like people's best guesses about God. And in that, it became a lot like any other holy text. It wouldn't be holy, then. Yeah. And when I came to that conclusion, and I wasn't fully there, I was just considering, what does it feel like to think this? It led to a few more questions that I'd always been afraid to ask myself. I'm going to read these because I wrote them down. These are just a few of the questions I'd always avoided. If I don't have to believe that God ordered his chosen people to slaughter men, women, and children by the thousands, then why would I? (laughs) If I don't want to believe that every religious experience of any person who is not a Christian is ultimately illegitimate, then why would I? If I don't have to believe that anyone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, i.e. the majority of people who have ever lived, are going to spend eternity being literally tortured in a fire, experiencing never-ending pain and suffering, then why, no pun intended, in the hell would I believe that? He does curse and towards the end. Does he? Yeah. Not terrible. Yeah. Just to give people a heads up in case uh, we don't bleep it. Sure, yeah. If all we have is what we would want to be true, Mm -hmm. first off, we'll never get anything more transcendent than our own, you know, beliefs and morality. Second off, if that was supposed to be the message of any of these holy texts, why would those things be in there then? Mm -hmm. Why would you put in something about um, slaughtering the, if you know that people when they read that are going to be like, why would I want to believe that? Because that's never been what it's about. It's right. never been about what do you want to believe. I think that's the postmodern culture we live in, and following your heart and following what feels right. Sure. And I will gladly admit that if that's what you're going for then the Bible is not going to seem very appealing to you. Take up your cross daily, deny yourself all of these worldly pleasures, Mm -hmm. and instead follow me. That, you know, Paul's like, I beat my body into submission so that I don't become disqualified. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I hate my sin, right? I I want to stop sinning, but it's so hard because I'm battling with my flesh. You know, if all of those things, no, that doesn't seem good. Like, why not just be able to do what I want? That seems better for my head, you know, for what I think would be true. Sure. Well, if that is your standard of truth and of morality, 
then you're not going to want to believe the Bible and you're not going to believe the Bible. But if what's truth is truth, then even if there is a hard text that you have to deal with in the Bible or something like that, um, and you have to wrestle with and come to grips with and ultimately say, Lord, I trust in you. If that's what the truth is, then you follow the truth. Right. You don't follow your heart. Right. You know? Absolutely. If I can somehow accept the idea that hell exists because of God's holiness, why would I believe in a God who would choose to create that particular world where people have no choice whether or not they're going to be born, but then once they are born, if they don't adopt the correct understanding of God, he will punish them forever. Why believe in that God if I don't have to? So where did this lead me? Because the answer to those questions are that you have... There's a lot of there's a lot of fear of what you what you might lose or experience, but there exactly. there are some things to gain. Yeah. Um, if you go to the other side. Well, it's funny because I had spent a lot of time in my head wondering what the other side is. A bunch of like intellectual processing of all these things, right? Philosophical <laughs> stuff. But at this point, as I felt this sort of traditional faith slipping away. Uh, I started worrying about some pretty practical things. Like, how is my marriage going to stay together? What am I going to teach my kids? This is what I've been teaching them. Mm-hmm. What am I going to teach them now? That's what am I going to do? Where am I going to turn? Yeah. What's going to replace this? Yeah, that's a great question. This is, this incre- this is community. This is something purpose. Something has to replace it. Yeah. This is meaning. <clears throat> where am I going to find something like that? You know, and a, and a, a verse came to mind. <laughs> That's classic. John oh, chapter good. six, after Jesus has kind of ta- talked about him being uh, the flesh, and he's kind of basically given the whole the idea of, um, you know, communion at this point. And ish, it's a difficult teaching, and a lot of people walk away because they're like, he's talking about eating him <laughs> and drinking his blood. This dude's nuts, and they and it was a difficult teaching. People didn't understand what he was getting at. So if his message was just to get them to believe what they wanted to believe, why would he say that? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And that's what I said. I was like, listen, I got nowhere else to go. What am I going to become? Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me... yeah, but the apostles believed that he was the Holy One of sent from God because of their understanding of the the text yeah. that was leading up to him coming. Yeah. It wasn't just like, well, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, we believe. Yeah. You know, it's like had nothing to do with that. It was like they saw him prophesied he saw, he saw the prophecies come come to pass they saw how he spoke with authority that Healings. you know yeah he, they saw the power it was it wasn't based on just a whim no. you know it's like well where else can we go you're the only one who tells us stuff that makes us feel good you know it's like right, it's silliness right. john 4 know? right before john 6 right john 4 is the woman at the well where he talks to the woman about everything yeah. she's ever done yeah. so that's one proof John 5 is the pool of Bethsaida, I think, mm-hmm. where he heals the lame man. And, you know, the disciples are there. They see that. So it's like, if again, if that happened, 
That would elicit the response of to whom else can we go because we've sure. seen like you've got to be somebody special, yeah. especially because we've been waiting for the Messiah, you know, for so long. So like you said, there's a context to John six oh, to that to that yeah. passage. Um, so it's not just out of like you said out of thin air, you know. So yeah. Let me under- let me make it clear. I was in a state of panic at this point, but I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't let this, I can't let this go. There's too, there's, there's too many, there's too much wrapped up in this, right? But this is where being in Los Angeles did allow me to ask a different question. And let me, let me explain that. First Please of all, do. I have no doubt that many people will probably not even listen to this story. In fact, I've seen it on Twitter. I've already seen people say, you know, I don't want to listen to their personal stories because I don't want to hear somebody talk about leaving. Hmm. Which that hurts me that you don't want to listen to the story. Cause I'm just trying to be honest, but he is very honest. I know a lot of people <laughs> will come to the very, very easy conclusion, guys. This is there's nothing surprising about this. You were Christians and then you went to Los Angeles and you lost your faith. <laughs> it's a story. That's the most accurate thing you said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this isn't surprising. It's like what's the big what's the big deal? This is super simple. But I'm trying to represent that this wasn't. This wasn't some thing made. This wasn't some flippant decision. This wasn't like, I'm, oh man, I want to be cool and accepted in modern culture, so I'm going to shed all this stuff. The reason why it hurts is because it's a dismissal. Th- that assumption is a dismissal. It's an it's an assumption of your of your true motives that you don't want to state, which are, hey, you just want to sow your wild oats, and you want or you want to be cool, or you want to. You want to be able to face your friends who believe different things or like they have different lifestyles. And in order to be successful out there, you got to make some changes, okay? Yeah, you got to give up. You got to give up your beliefs. You, I mean, you got to make a choice. And it seems like that's the easy thing. You guys made the choice. And it, again, it's like no one's said that out loud to us, but oh, I, I, just, I, I have I, to. I've seen people say it. They've typed it, maybe. I've we're seen it we're listening. I, I saw it typed after after our first two episodes. Somebody was like, what's the big deal? They, It's clear what happened. They went to Los Angeles, and they lost their faith. It happens. And I'm just trying to, first of all, hopefully, if you've listened to this point, you, you, you at least acknowledge that this was a process that was, in many ways, independent of where I was at. Um, Did you say how long that he took? before? It was like 10 years. Okay. It wasn't a calculated business decision. It wasn't like, I, I don't know, I, that particular accusation hurts a lot. When people say you were never a Christian, and when people say you changed Doesn't because of hurt. L.A., those Does things really hurt, hurt a lot because yeah. of how untrue I know them to be. So there's an aspect, and I will get into more of this. Okay. So right. I think we'll come yes. back to it, but your point for now is that there was an aspect of you changing because of LA. Yeah, and this is and this is where LA comes into play. Um, LA did allow me to ask a new question. And that was, why am I still doing this? And I'll be honest, I would not have asked that question if I was in North Carolina because when you're in the Bible Belt, you're embedded in Christian culture, there are dozens of reasons why you would still be doing it. I mean, why rock the boat? Why disappoint your parents? Why disappoint your friends? Why exercise, you know, get yourself out of this community that you have? I had been going to the same church. If you're not willing to do that. 
Since because I was of that, nine, then great. you're already not doing it I for the right reason. I would say technically your whole life because that church came from another church that right. we both went to our whole life. Exactly. I've been with the same group of believers forever, and now I was leading a Bible study. I had preached sermons on Sunday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, there's all kinds of reasons not. I'd like to listen to those, actually. Why damage your reputation? See what they were because about. Because honestly, you know. in the Bible Belt... Were they solid? Were they this can fluff? Be, you know. Many people know if you've left the faith in the Bible Belt. Isaiah yeah, 55 out of context. There's a lot of pressure yeah. to stick, it, stick around and stay Turn in. to Revelation 20, please. <laughs> but what I realize is that I've been pulling on this for a really long time, right? Perfect. Let's call it the sweater of faith. That's the... Uh, it's Ezekiel's temple. This is, this, this, this is a concept. The sweater of faith. Oh, the classic. I've been pulling on this thread, and it had sort of like turned into a vest, and then a midriff, and then a halter top, and now it was a string bikini. That's not appropriate. And I took it off, and I, 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 I call this. Mean, how did you take it off? Well, I have a I, journal entry. Thank you. That's great. Okay. From 2014, okay? I understand that it is unreasonable to expect Christianity to be a set of scientifically verifiable principles. It is a faith, implying that some sort of believing without seeing is involved. And more specifically, Christianity is a relationship with Jesus. And relationships are not well-defined or experienced scientifically. However, I don't think it insignificant that the deeper I have dug into Christianity with a thirst for the truth, the more difficult it has become to have faith. In fact, for me, it has become impossible. And that was kind of the so record. Crazy. I wish I heard more specifics right? about that was that was why? jumping ship to Bes- use a besides just giving the books of, off of Bar Urban Urban, you know. You see, I kind of saw Christianity as this boat in a very stormy sea. Another analogy. You know, I love analogies. Stable. There's a lot of other people on it. It's got a destination. You're going to get through this. It gives you something to hold on to. It gives you stability. It gives you purpose. It gives you direction. And it gives you community. And when I jumped ship, I didn't jump to another boat. I jumped into the water. And I pulled my wife and my children in with me. And that's the man thing to do. So is he, so it's interesting. He he seems I don't know if he's proud of that. But e- either way, it's weird that he didn't leave Christianity for anything else. Maybe he's getting there later. But cuz the saying what you win them with is what you win them to, right? Mm-hmm. Now, he was won over from Christianity by quote unquote science and historical doubts. But that doesn't leave you with anything. No religion, no... It's just in the open sea with nothing. That's really sad. Like... Sure. <clears throat> yeah, it's... Um, I mean, you, like, you like believe s- in something. Yeah. You yeah. have to. Yeah. But... Um, yeah. Yeah, what would... I guess you're just you, looking for purpose then. What do you yeah, what do you establish? What are what are you building your framework on? You know, um, you have to you have to build you have to build a foundation on something. Yeah. You know, you have to have some sort of foundation that causes you to to make the decisions that you would make raising your children, yeah. and your marriage, those kind of things. 
And because um, he's not just saying the stuff about Jesus, he's saying he doesn't believe in God then, right? Of any kind, which would mean that there's no basis for there's no basis for morality, raising his kids to be kind to one another, that kind of thing, right? Or, yeah, He'll well, still say course. those things, oh, of course, you know, yeah. but. What is there? Why? Yeah, well, that that's what I was before when he was talking about. Um, he was talking about his kids and his wife. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, and I, I wanted to stop him. it because I was like, I was like, um, yeah, but well, why why would it matter what you teach your kids now? Mm-hmm. You know, what? Why would morality matter? Mm-hmm. Why does anything? matter you have to you have to have a reason for those things yeah you know and he'll he'll get to it but good, he good. he gets into um talking about how you know he's he's trying to he still teaches the kids good morals and all this stuff it's like well from what yeah <laughs> from from which which by what standard yeah well because now it it's just your determination because now it's okay yeah. like that that's easy to say <clears throat> and i'm sure that could potentially yeah. work for a little bit of time but then you get into a topic like abortion or some of like the gray areas, if you want to call that. Well, now you don't have any text to go to. You don't have any belief to state your belief on, to state your, yeah, your belief about well, any it's certain your, It's topic. your whim. It's your, your, yeah. I am, I believe this. Right. And it's like, you know, oh, who cares? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, what, what would you teach your kids in that scenario? Yeah. So. So, Dad, we can't tell the like the mothers what to do, right? <laughs> I I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I don't I, know. I, mean, I don't know. I'm sure he he wrestled with that too. Like, I don't have any sort of a foundation to be. I mean, we just spent three months, probably six months, a year, uh, talking about biblical principles and foundations yeah. for culture and. I am shuddering to think about what life would look like without that. There's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. There's the state, or there's um, a common belief among your peers in a given area. Sure. But there is no objective standard of truth at all. Yeah, and and none of that of can morality. None of that can hold up. No to provide any stability for for your your even a small um, community it's it just it can't work you know so that stinks yeah losing Christianity for nothing I jumped into a sea of uncertainty I'm yawning sorry trying not to and that's where I've lived for about six years. Um, and we're going to spend some time talking a little bit more about where we're at now. I do want to talk about it now, but we're getting more detail in like a subsequent podcast, maybe in a Q&A or something. But I, but I, I want to kind of talk about what this has been like. I wish we get into the details detail of why you left the faith more. Already pretty long. But this the resurrection and stuff. Hmm. Right after I jumped ship... Um, I kind of went through a period of anger. I was very mad at the Christian leaders and thinkers who I felt deceived by. I want to be very clear about this. 
No one that I was in personal contact with, pastors, Christian friends, elders in my church, none of them disappointed me or let me down. I did not have a personal like tragedy. A lot of people have like a traumatic spiritual experience in a church. I didn't. I only got good things from the church. We talked about this a while back that like, listen, I'm a straight white dude. Same. Uh, you know, you get a lot of things handed to you, especially within the church, if you fit that profile. In some churches, okay. come on, <laughs> being a straight dude is the only way that you can teach. There's plenty of churches right now, oh. churches in Los Angeles, go? that people would consider progressive, where you better not tell them you're gay. And if you're a woman, you probably won't be able to preach. It's 2020, and this is still the case. Okay, yeah, yeah, because yeah. our authority is built <laughs> on the text of Scripture. Yeah. If our authority is not on that, then sure, just go with the changing tides sure. of whatever the world is. Sure. But if you're staking your belief system on something that is set in stone and doesn't change, like a book, like when it says, I don't permit women to teach, don't blame us for, for carrying that out. Blame us for being like, why do you believe that book? Yeah. Right? It's not like they still don't let women teach. It's like that book still didn't change. <laughs> right. Just because your faith changed doesn't mean <laughs> right. the Bible changed. Right. So, um, but this would be the true for anybody who is believing anything outside of themselves. Mm -hmm. Then, whatever that, whether it's God, Allah, whatever it is, whatever they say, you're going to follow what they say because that's who you're putting your trust in. So, it's not like, well, we just must be, I don't know not not keeping up with the times or whatever yeah. it's like well um yeah because we don't have faith in our current day for very good reason yeah you know just want to be clear about that but but for me this had been i got so much out of this i was riding high i could have ridden this train to the top man you know what i'm saying um no, I don't. <laughs> and nobody disappointed me personally, but I was angry at the thinkers. I was angry at the people who had written the book saying that evolution didn't have any evidence. I was angry at the people who had written systematic. What kind of evolution and what kind of evidence? Mm -hmm. This is all pretty simple. And I kind of, the pendulum swung for a, for a time into atheism. I was like, this is all bullshit, and I'm going to be the enemy of this stuff. I, I'm going to be an anti evangelist what I was thinking at the time. Of course, we're still very private about all this, so it wasn't like I said this to anybody publicly. I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry. I don't think that he would have enough of uh, enough reasons for leaving the faith to be able to uh, accurately and cohesively argue against a strong-minded Christian oh, sure. about their faith. So I don't think that he would do a good job as an atheist no. trying to convince a Christian who is firm in their beliefs why Christianity is not true. Yeah. Because the only thing that he's come up with is it, it doesn't, doesn't seem reasonable. Some of the history is a little bit shoddy and evolution is true. And none of those things are like, I'm so sure on this and you just have to come and see all of my evidence. Sure. You know, he would have to just say, read a Bart Ehrman book, you know. At least from what from what I've heard from him, you know. Sure. It's not like, well, the evidence is just so clear. I Like, I still didn't get that, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I've read some of Barterman's stuff, or at least I've heard him in debate. So I know where his arguments are. But even he is not, like, 
I'm so settled on this stuff. All he's trying to do is to get people to think more, more deeply about what they've heard. Sure. He's not like, and this is why atheism is true. That's not where Bart Ehrman goes. So that would be a tough <clears throat> sell for yeah. him to do that. You yeah. know, I, he didn't stay there uh, in atheism. Him? So, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I'm just saying. But he was saying that that's where he yeah. was gonna go. But that would not have been a smart no, life choice for him. Work out well. Anger actually subsided rather quickly. It's interesting. I kind of had my moment of anger in atheism, and then that was replaced with kind of an openness and a curiosity. You know, it's interesting how liberating this one aspect has been. I think the biggest change that has happened to me in my life is that I've lost my appetite for certainty, specifically certainty about things I don't think you can be certain about. I think Christianity, my struggle with Christianity, for me a big part of it was I had to keep aligning my thoughts and being certain and and kind of rederiving my faith and why this was reasonable and being sure about this and knowing exactly what was going to happen when I die and all this stuff. But when I was like, I don't think I can be certain about these things. It's like when a person, I've heard this happens, I haven't done it yet. When you stop eating meat, you lose your appetite for meat, a lot of people say. I stopped being certain about things. I lost my appetite to be certain. I didn't wake up with a sense of panic. I thought there would be panic. I thought there would be chaos. Um, Especially for someone who that's how you lived your life. And I thought there would be fear. You were so attached to it. Right. But it's been the most liberating thing that this is a crass example but you can believe that gravity doesn't exist but you're still gonna hit the ground Mm -hmm. when you when you fall so just because you believed that something changed it doesn't change whether or not that thing is true or not right you know yeah yeah belief is utterly irrelevant important (laughs) but utterly irrelevant at the same time as to the truth yeah or not it's like it doesn't matter what you believe yeah if you're not believing truth well you know, if if, if, you, if you for lack of a better term if you choose the wrong belief sure then you can believe it with all your heart and it can be extremely yeah, liberating and you can have anything. a ton of fun i'm sure mm-hmm. in the world but if it's not true then you're still gonna be wrong yeah you know it's it's the truth is the truth, whether or not yeah, you're, your facts, belief, facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, your right, belief tomorrow. doesn't doesn't determine doesn't determine what's real. Yeah, you know it doesn't. So yeah, until you get into eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Yeah. If that's all there is, you mm-hmm. know. But that's um, that's not what the one who rose from the dead said, you know. So that's again, that's where that's why we believe Jesus about everything he says, even on hell, right, and even on um, eternal judgment and heaven and the afterlife and all those things we believe in them because the guy who prophesied he's going to die and rise again actually did if he didn't then sure and that's why it all comes back to that still for me you know sure and i think for the christian faith for 2000 years that's what it's been about you know happened in my adult life i'm not kidding I'm not trying to paint that. Listen, it's not like I got, I'm about to give you some philosophy that I live according to now. That's got that gives that, that yeah, gives me community purpose and meaning. I don't have that. Okay. Um, I think there's a giant sort of shift that's happening culturally, and I think that we may be arriving at that sometime. But it doesn't exist right now for me. But what you ain't getting it from the culture? Is <laughs> this curiosity? Listen, I still think that belief in God is very reasonable. Um, 
I think that the idea that the universe is ultimately purposeful. <laughs> I, is I did the same thing so when I first heard this. I was like, wait. But it kind of he just said that there's no well-reasoned argument, and that's why he's leaving the faith. Well, that's what I was saying before. The world like he's, he's using these arguments to leave the faith. And then it's like, well, but then you're saying that the, well, the arguments don't, I'm not going to rely on the arguments. But now he's like, well, I mean, they're, it's not unreasonable to, you know, it's like, well, what? pick one. Which one is it? It's just so silly. Well, it's an interesting thought process to be like, I came to these conclusions. It was so compelling. And mm-hmm. then be like, but there's still, it's still reasonable to believe in God. Yeah. Wait. Was it compelling or not? Yeah. It's such an interesting. Well, that that's what when we were talking before. Yeah. You know, before we started the podcast, that I was just like, it 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 ends with. I mean, it's not over, but um, where it's just like, there's nothingness there. Mm-hmm. It's like you're just milk toast, mm-hmm. to use a C.S. Lewis term. <laughs> you know, it's it's. There's no substance. It's a nothing burger. Yeah, it's a nothing burger. It's like, dude, what what are you talking about? It's so inconsistent That's so, and incoherent. Well, to me it's just it's just odd to say that it's reasonable to believe in God still. Yeah. But maybe I have not been inundated with postmodernism. I don't know. <laughs> or or it's it's just a way of him. Well, He's I would, saying that, that I the would people that know, he knows yeah. that still believe in God, yeah. he doesn't want to. Maybe. <laughs> I'd want to know, what are his arguments for a reasonable belief yeah. in God? Yeah, yeah. Then. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. We'll have to reach out. Yeah. Uh, now I'm all mixed up. But I don't know it to be certain, and I don't know anything about this source or this God that might be behind all this. And I'm kind of beginning to think that I don't know if you are supposed to know a whole lot about it. Who would um, make you not So I would call myself about it. a hopeful agnostic, meaning I don't know, but I hope. I hope there's something. Yay. Why? A question that I've gotten from some people who... What if that something is going to send you What do you <laughs> think? Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping to meet you. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm reasonably over certain there. that you don't burn in hell because you were intellectually curious and honest, to put it bluntly. Um, but honestly, I'm more interested now in what happens while I live. It's not so much what happens after you die, but what happens while you're alive. <laughs> were you going to beat me to it? <laughs> I was going to. I was going <laughs> to pause it. Yeah. I mean, the, the burn in hell, I don't want to say straw man, but like caricature, I guess, of, you know, tortured in hell kind mm-hmm. of a thing. It's like, that's where we all should go because we all know that, that we have a sin problem. And I think that's something that in this life, even non-believers understand. I think that's why there's been all of religions for the course of human history, because they realize what do, what do we do? Somehow we are, we're broken. We are not perfect. But what Jesus says about gain the whole world but lose your soul mm-hmm. you know what can you give in exchange for your soul right and again we like this is why Christianity has to you know always be about Jesus's words um, if your hand causes you to sin cut it off why 
better that you go to eternal life maimed than your whole body being thrown to hell because it just seems like how could a loving yeah, God kind of right. a thing then again you're just not dealing with you're it, not it doesn't really matter about what, why he said it or stuff like that it's just what is the truth yeah. that and Jesus is warning us that that is the truth of what's coming and so that has to be the main thing that either you believe in that or you don't so it's not like how can these Christians believe in hell well we can believe in hell again because of what that is a reality whether or not we believe in it or not right and if it's a reality then that's the most important thing that we can escape from and if it's not a reality we wouldn't believe in it so when he was saying that he's now more concerned about this life i think that that's actually a good point for us to get a hold of too uh, as christians to realize that we can have that kind of like looking ahead you know now it's always good to look ahead yeah. and to to see from a distance okay this is where my hope is but we can get so caught up in where our hope is that we don't do anything here. Mm -hmm. And so we have to get back to realizing that we have, um, I would say, um, a, and this isn't civic in a sense of like, you know, the United States or, or something like that, but a, but a, a civic duty in Christ's kingdom. Like we have a duty here mm -hmm. and we, we can't get so caught up in, in the future mm -hmm. and that we do nothing, you know, that, and, and like, um, you know, just waiting like, Oh, you know, I can't, I can't wait to just be, you know, with Jesus. It's like, well, that's great. You know, that's a good thing, but he wants you to do something here. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is definitely a point that we, we really do have to get a hold of as, as believers is that our, our life, like we are on this earth for a purpose and it's not just that, well, we're, we're born and well, I, I'm saved. So therefore God loves me and I am on my way to heaven. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're missing a whole yeah. big part of the story there. Yeah. And, uh, but unfortunately that I think that that is a common mm -hmm. kind of viewpoint. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I think it's where his world, we just live. Grew up into. Yeah. We live and we live as our, you know, our Christian walk out kind of like, you know, I, this is my Christianity, my personal savior, my, this, my, that, mm -hmm. you know, this is my responsibility to take care of my family. And it's like, well, how about his kingdom? You know, how about his his desire for us to to do what we're supposed to do yeah. here you know and uh because it's yeah it's you know that doing those things that are your responsibility are important of course but we have a responsibility to him to do his work also you know it's not just the stuff that we personally are responsible for um you know, as a family person or whatever, yeah. you know, so, you know, uh, just practically working, um, practically and biblically what, uh, what Paul says, he's like, I'd rather go and be with Christ because yeah. that's far better, better, but it's way better for you if I remain here to be yeah. with you. 
And so it's like, where are you most needed? Mm -hmm. If you're most needed here, then do everything you can here because to live is Christ. Yeah. So my life is completely for Christ. So there's no problem there. And then to die is gain because then I'll literally be with Christ. Yeah. So either way, it's good, but they're both valuable, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Get Um, in there. And I'm trying to answer that question, (laughs) but it's one of the reasons I'm in therapy. Um, it's honestly one of the reasons that I get up every morning and do 20 minutes of back exercises. Honestly. Um, it's one of the reasons that I think more about what I eat. Why? Because the only thing I know that I've got Link's is playing tic-tac-toe with himself. You know? <laughs> uh, but the other thing that has kind of happened, because people ask me about, you know, your marriage, your kids, we'll get into this in more detail, but... Jesse has her own story. There's been a lot of crying. Um, but well, she's in a similar place she, now. She uh, and deconstructed also. This she process, did. because we were so... Now, this, this, this whole process ruins a lot of marriages. I've seen it a lot. Because sometimes people are like, I can't go there. I'm not going there. It's over. This was the whole foundation. I mean, yeah, we made vows. If you read... I, we there wrote our own vows for our wedding. And they were very much about... Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> uh, but now it's kind of like our marriage has hit a second wind um, where it's not so much about a structure that we both sort of assent to that tells us what our marriage should be like. But it's like, hey, it's pretty cool that I get to go through life with you. I love you. And that has actually been pretty a pretty good thing to concentrate on. Um, you can still concentrate on that. Well, <laughs> I was can't. just thinking that. You know, I think like all these things are just like for me. Not mutually can't exclusive. Can't do it as a Christian. Like, <laughs> love your wives as Christ. Oh, all no. came from the Bible and from church. I actually, because none of that went away. You know what I'm saying? Like I still have a, I still have the morality came from. The I church. still want to be the same kind of person that I've always wanted to be. I want to be the same kind of husband. I want my, I want the best for my kids. Meaning, meaning, like your morality. Yeah. Is still, like you. Yeah. You, you don't. The moment that you jumped ship, you didn't start looking to cheat on your wife. Right. So to, as an example. Exactly. It, it wasn't like all of a sudden. Cause I, and I'd always been told that. And I, I had many Christians who I respected said, "Man." If God wasn't real, I would be out doing drugs right now. Or I'd be out sleeping with whoever I want. And I'm like, I don't actually think you would. I think I, I would. I, I mm-hmm. think you actually have an innate desire to be a pretty good person no. and to live a life that is good for you and the people you love. <laughs> no. And a lot of people will Not me, at attach least. I can't it to speak for a structure everybody. and an explanation. I could let the Bible speak for everybody. But I think but. very few people actually find the purpose in their faith. I think they have purpose and then they bolster it with faith. That's my personal opinion. Or, or even another that? way to put it using the like the marriage example. Do you think that your your motive to be true to Jesse was not just out of love for her but out of love for God? You know, out of respect for you know, th- th- so now y- you you being true to Jesse is out of love for her. It's aligned. Like, I'm... Yeah, and it's not... It's not a fear of God. 
it's a fe- it's a love for her and it's a fear of listen there's a lot of shit that happens when you do stuff like that in your life there 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 are natural built-in consequences to doing the things that are traditionally i don't think he realizes how much of that is deeply <laughs> embedded and given by the christian worldview well that that's the thing like you said i mean well all of this is part of like really what walking in christ is mm-hmm. are not christians but they're faithful to their families and they're not horrible people. they're not horrible people and i think that's what we thought was without yeah, without the holy spirit indwelling you oh, here he goes preaching you're i mean you're you're just going off the flesh so to speak you're going off of your own desires and you i mean that's the only thing keeping you from being a horrible person i think that's from a young age i think that's what we felt uh, but I think the thing you... That's, re- a, pati- that's, that's a particular that's, view that's of stuff. people that we had in our particular, like, reformed, oh, it was you reformed. know, Calvinistic. Oh, everyone go. is totally yeah, depraved. And any, anything good that is coming from anybody is either because of they're created in the image of God or they have a relationship with God. I, I, I think, too, th- I want to get back Amen. to, the, like, that being a subsection and everything that you've talked about. Um, yeah, I don't think he realizes how rare that the, like, America is in terms of its basic morality that it's had for yeah, sure. since its beginning that's not how many cultures i mean we went through the, the roman world the greek world mm-hmm. where there's rampant sexuality and uh, human sacrifice and things like that and the christians really were the ones that were sticking out like a sore thumb because they were being kind to each other yeah. res- rescuing the babies that were left to die on the doorsteps sure. you know that kind of a thing um so yeah it's <laughs> easy to say you know i still don't cheat on my wife kind of a thing yeah. but you don't realize how much that that is still borrowing from the Christian worldview, sure. you know? Yeah, well, definitely. Because, you know, people are, they're, they're definitely l- like, um, leaning a bent. to be yeah. just wicked. Yeah. And there's just a reality to that. You yeah. know, people are just not generally good, you know? Yeah. Although the, you know, you do see some people who, who, are nicer than others. Yeah, from you know, a and, and, relativistic, you know. I mean, from, on a relative scale. Sure. Yeah. Um, but but it really isn't, you know, it's, it's uh, um, yeah. I think it's something that's, the, the, yeah. The nature, the, the nature of man is fallen. Yeah. It's just the reality of it. And, and it doesn't always bring itself out in murdering and cheating, right. you know, and stuff like that. But it's idolatry, too. It's wanting what you want. And that might be, well, I want to love my wife, you know, which is obviously a good desire to have. But um, but still, you're always going to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where the problem is if you don't have God. Like Calvin said, the human heart is a factory of idols. That's really what it is. Sure. It's like it doesn't always manifest <clears throat> itself in these grievous sins. But at the end of the day, it's always going to want. Sure. What well, it wants, it's you know? always pursuing autonomy. Right. Always. Yeah. It's just the nature of man is, yeah. is to pursue autonomy. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, but that's more. Yeah. That's more on, like, a, on a human, like, day-to-day kind of a level thing. It doesn't get to, like, the um, philosophical and the thought processes of how we think as humans. Mm-hmm. It's more like, well, today I didn't sin that bad. It's yeah. like, okay, 
well, sure, but that doesn't deal with your nature. Well, it doesn't you know? deal with your nature, yeah, and the nature of autonomy. Yeah, I think that that's like a, a key thing to to really get a hold of. You know, when he was talking about hell, and it's like, well, you know, God's not going to send people to hell because they're, you know, in questioning yeah. or whatever. But um, but it but it's. It's if you're if you're not made alive in Christ, mm-hmm. well then you are you are in a nature that is that is in direct contrast to um, direct contrast to God's nature, and so it, it, you're you're in this autonomous state that is in in a consistent state of rebellion of rebellion, yeah. and so it's not it's and it's it's not graded on a curve yeah it's less about the individual bad things that you do and it's more about you still are in the state of enmity with god not on the same level as god yeah we all fall fall short absolutely and we need that we need that the new life of the spirit you know in us to uh to um to make us not Make us not make us a new creation in that yeah in that in that same state to where we're we're now humbled before him and we're able to to give up our autonomy right to you know and it, and it has it has we see the effect of it in you know the the battles that we have in our daily lives but the the real like the the core of it is that it's the life of God in us. And that we are, we now belong to him as new creations and we are his children, you know, because we have his nature. That is what sets us apart, you know, um, and the, and the acts, the, the actions that are, that we, we do our best to work out are, are like, that's just our desire to please him. You know, it's like, okay, you know, he wants me to, to do this. Well, this is the nature like he saved me, he's given me new life. So I want to, mm-hmm. you know, I want to pursue pleasing him mm-hmm. and uh, rather than pleasing myself. Mm-hmm. And not that, that we don't have that desire sometimes, you know, we right. still want that autonomy, you know, right. but, uh, but we have, you know, the Lord in his grace has um, uh, given us favor, you know, yeah. to, to have that humility where we can we we can repent and we can you know receive mm-hmm. the the um receive the holy spirit the you know the life changing spirit so yeah yeah so it's a mis it's a misunderstanding i think and i don't know if i have it 100% but i, I feel like there's more there's more to do with the nature of man than it is the 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 actions of the right. person you know, right. um, I I never knew you that kind of thing. Yeah, I never knew. Yeah, you, exactly. You know? Yeah, you, you did all these things, but it's like, but I didn't know you. Right. So you weren't one of mine. Right. You know, doesn't matter how many things that you do that are good. Sure. Like that's never going to be even enough. in my name. You right. know, and I, right. and unfortunately, I think this is a great kind of falls into of, that of that. Yeah. yeah. So. Exactly. Exactly. Wasn't I inquisitive, Lord? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't I questioning? Sure. Right. Like, Didn't I preach uh, sermons in your name? Right, right. Didn't I do all these things? And I was raising my kids in your, you know. Yeah. It's like, I really didn't know you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's the reality. It's never going to be enough unless he knows you. Mm-hmm. Being applied to the whole of Christianity or faith or anything like that. But before that, you were talking about <laughs> you were moving to the kids from your relationship with Jesse. I kind of went back to the relationship oh, with man. Jesse. So when you were talking about the kids, you were talking about raising them in a way to be to be whole people to be to be to be good people i don't yeah. i don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth but i think you were getting it well i think the biggest thing the biggest thing about kids is i always want that uh, to say bear biscuits what mm. i have sort of observed in being very much embedded in the church bear for biscuits. a very long time um <laughs> is there's kind of this idea that uh, sunday morning it is your responsibility as parents <laughs> to make sure your kids turn out all right and that it's up to you. You better teach them the right thing. If you don't, they're going to be screwed up. Amen. And um, I'm not saying that you shouldn't teach your kids good things. But what I've observed is that, you know what? My kids actually teach me a lot. Oh, mm. uh, um, yes. I think I that, that kids... <laughs> I think that kids I, I can't orient that. themselves in the world much more readily based on your behavior than the th- specific things that you tell them. I don't think that having an information session with your kids, indoctrinating them, is what's going to make them into a good person. I'm not saying we're not constantly talking about issues of moral morality yeah. and ethical things philosophical things and we talk about that at every time our family is like very much always talking about these things but the interesting and sort of freeing thing is is that when my kids have a question about god or the deeper purpose of the universe or what happens when you die we explore those things as people i'm not here as some authority that's going to point you to this ironclad thing and that's going to make it okay because you know what it's not going to make it okay just because I can point to this book and tell you that you should believe this, I'm, I am proof that believing those things isn't necessarily going to make all those deeper thoughts go away. And so in getting my kids comfortable with sort of living in tension and live, being okay with not having all that stuff figured out. But it's like, but what can you have figured out? And what does lead to a fruitful, meaningful life? Well, you know what? A life devoted to others. A life devoted to yourself Mm. is going to fail. Mm. I can't explain. Hmm. I don't feel like I have to explain the dynamics behind that for it to be true. Um, and so... But you do explain it. Sometimes you talk about being a parent as if, like, just, you are who you're going to be, and I know that's not what you're saying, but I think what you just said is clarifying that you are... You are teaching... Well, I am saying that to an extent. I know you are. And we, we, I am saying that I to think an extent. we have a little bit of a different well, I approach, think but... I would say fine, that but. the latest child psychology basically suggests that kids are sort of... They're going to be a certain way, but... It, but you're talking about sel- selfishness versus self-sacrifice. You're talking about what it means to love. You're talking about who, what type of person do you want to be. Yeah, and what and also, the thing I try to get my kids to do is, is process the consequences of their actions. It's just like, hey, Shepard... <laughs> If you, I just asked you if you had mom's phone and you told me no, but you do have mom's phone. Let's talk about why you did that. And let's talk about what it means to be a person who's willing to lie 
who's willing to say something that's false about this. And what do you, and so it's like, what is going to happen? Now we enter the, Jamie, is that a good parenting tactic um, portion of the podcast? <laughs> What's that going to do? What kind of life are you going to live pretty good as discipline. a person who can't be trusted? Sure. And for me, that just is a... But, but, but he wasn't doing that as a Christian? To the details of like, what is this? Like, I don't, under, of yeah, I don't understand. Me, well, he's free to explore listen, things listen, now without having to say, well, God I've says read all the to not lie. Books, and yeah, but... Speak. <laughs> I you, know can, that, you can do both. Uh, yeah. The whole idea is, well, where's the morality come from if it's not coming from a moral lawgiver, God himself? Uh, I think that that argument is marginally compelling, but I don't think it's... <laughs> I don't think that it's conclusive, and I, and I, I think the point is, is I don't think you wake up and make decisions to be a good person because you've got this moral lawgiver. There may be a moral lawgiver. I'm not saying that God doesn't exist, but I but I think that it's a much more natural and organic process than there's a book, I read it, and now I know what to do. I think that's why those core qualities of what makes a that's human good <laughs> exist in cultures everywhere. You find... You know, it, well, it, I mean, well, the obvious question is, well, where did those thoughts come from? The right. thoughts of, oh, I want to do good today. Right. Right. Where does that? Yeah, where does that come from? It's, it's not that? like, well, I got that from reading a book. That's not relevant here or there because people who haven't read the book still would wake up and either want to kill people or want to do kind things, right? Um, the, the do good or evil. innocuous. Yeah, or nothing. Or just, I'm tired. Yeah. But the, well, the question is, where does non-mattered thoughts come from it's not matter it's not made of anything so that that's the inevitable question you know but where does it where matter? did life hey right, the not mattered matter um so i think he's missing the he's missing the point there the point on the morality argument is that what he's talking mm-hmm. about i just forgot yeah. what he was talking morality, about yeah. right about why you wake up and you want to do good kind yeah. of yeah the question is not well i get that from the bible the question is well if there's no God or something that put thought capabilities into me, where did thoughts come from? You know, out of... And you just say, well, I don't know, but it has to have come from somewhere, yeah. right? So, I think that's a important question. Well, know? he said that, that he's, he didn't... He's not saying that he doesn't believe that there is some yeah, sort no, but, of higher but power. But there has but, to be some sort yeah. of a higher power is where he should go to. Yeah. Because... Otherwise, how do you have a thought in general? Yeah, well, you know. So, I'm right there uh, with you. Yeah. Okay. A culture in the middle of the Amazon that's never been exposed to the gospel or any sort of religious system right. outside of what they believe. And they eat each other. Are they going to think that murdering is great? Probably not. They didn't Hold eat Hammurabi. Hammurabi. <laughs> okay. If you study other cultures. Yeah. <laughs> You realize that first of all, you have to you have to understand our understanding of murder is going to be different than those cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason being is that we have someone who said murder, what murder is, and that it's wrong because they're you made know? in the image of God. Because they're made in the image. That's why of murdering God. an animal yeah. is not wrong, right? In most circumstances. But if you Sorry. go to <laughs> dog lovers, <laughs> if you go to a tribe in like what new guinea or something like mm-hmm. that there is a good possibility that they might eat you mm-hmm. now that's murder for us mm-hmm. but not for them mm-hmm. 
So the standard, God laid out what murder is. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. Mm -hmm. But they're just, they're going to kill you. Yeah. You know, and they kill each other. Yeah. And you, like, it's. Yeah, and the warring of the tribes. Yeah. It's incredible. And if you go back in civilization, you look at the American Indians, that's what they did. Yeah. They would just go. They didn't own land. You know, it was right. just like, would oh, take it. Yeah. I would just go take that. And then another Indian tribe would come and take it from them. Yeah. And take, kill all their braves yeah. and take all their children and their, and their yeah. women. It's like, I mean, it's just, it's a silly statement, you know. Well, it's, it's a little ignorant. Yeah. But I know what he's trying to say. Like, in America, we don't think that way. Yeah. But that's primarily because it's we're because, built on, exactly. on biblical. And we exactly. still do kill human beings in the womb yeah and we and we don't call it murder but we're still killing but it's live i mean but it's still murder exactly innocent innocent beings yeah so but the only like but that's why you need something above yourself to tell you not not just to tell you what is right and wrong but also to have the principles that then you can say okay i can apply that principle of humans are made in the image of god doesn't matter where they are if they're in the mother's womb or outside the mother's womb there's a deep-seated principle of that that will stand up to any question that even is outside of the Bible. Because they say, you know, abortion isn't in the Bible, you know, right? Which it kind of is. But but principally, that's why the Bible is so important, because you can take it into any culture from, you know, a thousand years from now, and it'll still be, a pick, be applicable to it because of the principles that right. are there. But if you don't have that, and now we do have murder going on in America and people saying that it's not wrong. Mm-hmm. So, sure. and he had, doesn't, he can't have a consistent answer to if that would be right or wrong. Right. Because there is no standard. Sure. It's more like, so, well, I think it's bad. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, people so, don't wake up and just want to murder people. That literally is happening in America. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So. And what we just heard about in Canada. Oh, right, so with euthanasia. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Look it up. Yeah. Or, you know, Moses to tell them that. So. But I guess I'll, I'll move on to one other thing. Whatever his name is. I don't think that's how you say his name. Hammurabi's Code. I don't know how you say his name. Oh, he brought up Ravi. Um, Hammurabi. Code of Hammurabi. I was curious. Oh, I think he brought up Ravi Zacharias. He did prior. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to therapy, does anything... Close. I mean, they're close. Do you come up... I know you talked about they, anger, they and you also talked about how it wasn't... There wasn't an inciting incident outside of your own close. intellectual <laughs> exercise and research. Oh, just shut up. But do you find that there's, that there, that there's, um, that there's baggage? That there's things that you need you know things that you need to heal from maybe that's a or now that your perspective is shifted is there any of that you know again and i feel i kind of feel like an asshole for saying this because i know that so many people so many women and so many um, people who don't fit the mold um and we talked about like the LGBTQ plus experience of, of, of people um, in the church. The, a lot of there's a lot of stories of trauma because as people were sort of developing their identity 
and self-actualizing, they were doing it in an oppressive environment, and that's damaging. The church. But again, because of who I am and what I look like, I pretty much just benefited. Mm. And so I don't look back at my experience with the church. <laughs> well, at least he's woke. In a traumatic way. I just feel like, oh, man, I just, I was very lucky. And I got, and I actually, we talked about it last week. I got. Not blessed. Professionally. No, I yeah, right. Luck. I, I love luck. It's a lot of sarcasm uh, here, folks. Do and live my dream out. Um, live your me, dream, bro. Most of my therapy is related to, you know, just sort of the realization that everyone's personality is essentially constructed over their child, their, their inner child. And it's a way of sort of navigating and moving to. I should go to therapy for that, too. <laughs> yeah. so, we let our inner children out. And they run amok on the podcast. Feeling. Do you feel so like I'm, I'm a, th- a therapist specializing in how to let your inner child out? <laughs> That's a pretty niche job you got there. The belief system that you had was a was a became a part of that became another layer. I haven't processed it, but definitely yes. I haven't gotten to. I because haven't gotten you, to any of this. Because again, if you're in, again, it's like the thing that you're talking. Your whole story is sorry. I have to just drives me crazy because he said it twice that it it's because of what he looks like he gets preferential treatment Mm. instead of giving credit to his parents who worked hard Mm. and established an atmosphere for him to do well and then their parents before that Mm. who probably worked hard and established the ability for them to have a good atmosphere to to mm-hmm. succeed in. It's all about what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. And it, it is so it, it, you're not looking at any of the other factors. Yeah. And it's all just a, a sham woke garbage that 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 just that statement drives me so yeah, crazy. Yeah, I can tell. Oh, I can't well, take it. Well, it's the L.A. influence, too, you know? Oh, absolutely. And the, the woke. Yeah, oh, sure. Theology, you, know? you know. When you talk about well, yeah. you, the, being devastated and, like, those moments of there being a crack in the in the dam, and then when you, when you decide to jump ship, like, um, I mean, you allude to it being a torturous time, you said, that there is moments of, like, being really scary mm-hmm. but it does seem like the story is very much in your head you know that yeah, yeah yeah and and and, and you know, so maybe there's stuff under there and i understand that that's one of the reasons that a lot of people won't relate to what i'm saying because they're like why is this i've there's christians that i know and love who when i talk to and i tell them this story i just kind of see them just look off and quit listening <laughs> um because it's just like why is he spending all this time talking about the second chromosome Right. Like, why is that important to him? And what does that have to do with God? Yeah. Uh, and for me, it has everything to do with my story. Because it's all related, you know? Uh, again, the whole idea... That's what evolution says. I was just going to say that. But in terms of... <laughs> we're right there. I, I feel like my attempts to, like, focus on the relationship and focus on faith was my attempt to get out of my own head and get into my heart when it came to my... Amen. That's another problem. Get into the heart. <laughs> uh, to lean into the relationship. 
But again, to lean into the relationship, it's that inextricable relationship between facts and feelings. You know, I, 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 it's, they're not facts. You can have the things against God. He just said they're not facts. Experience with somebody relationally, and it can feel completely emotional and physical. But yet, there is sort of a scientific representation, a naturalist understanding of what's happening between the two of you. I, I will just say, if there's a lot of people in churches, potentially in our church too, who you ask them why they believe in Jesus, and it's like, well, I just feel whenever I'm in church, right? It's all about their feelings, yeah. and this is like one of the possible outcomes of having that faith of just that, just your feelings when it encounters any sort of questions against it. Sure. Any challenges. Any yeah. challenges to it. It cannot stand up to it because those feelings and kind of like in a honeymoon phase where like the feelings do come and go in terms of sure. your relationship with Jesus. Sure. Right. Um, you get on like these kind of spiritual highs, like I've been there, you know, I love them. And yes, I want to be there all the time. But if that's not there, what is your foundation? Sure. What is your, the foundation will always be this actually happened. Right. And he's alive right. today. Right. And that means everything. And that has to be where our foundation is, not in, I get this feeling when I'm at church or when I'm at home listening to worship music. Right. You know? That's great, the, but that's not our foundation. When I'm in the woods, that's where my sure. church is, you know. Yeah. Oh, I feel God there. Yeah. It's like, uh. Yeah. And that's, I don't, I think that's where he's saying, what he's saying. That those feelings can't, he's, he's living proof that those feelings will not last. Right. You know, um, they're not enough to support it. Um, and I think that there's this foundation that I just I kept coming back to. And every time I came back to it, and the interesting thing is, it isn't like the Christian apologists are saying that they don't make the argument that I was trying to make in my head. They don't say, don't worry about this, just have faith. They, they say, because they know they have to. No, this is defensible. Here's why. Here's why to. evolution yeah. didn't happen. And here's why you can trust, and I can even prove to you. I know a guy who wrote a term paper in college on why the resurrection is an undeniable historical fact. Those things being true are sort of the, what the founding fathers of the faith, uh, you know, especially those guys in the early church who were like figuring out how to think about all this stuff. They were doing intellectual work. It wasn't just happening in the heart. They were laying a philosophical framework that we've built our faith on. And I think that we've got more access to information about that process than we've ever had. Not, not, not. Just a philosophical framework <laughs> and historical rea- reality. This was passed this down from <laughs> Polycarp, a disciple of John, right, mm-hmm. in the, the first century. Polycarp going to Irenaeus in the second century. Um, Irenaeus writing his Against Heresies. We, I got this from somebody who knew the Apostle John. It's not, like, these are not things that were, I I'm, have to, how do I deal with this yeah. philosophically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like this actually happened. You know, that's why Christianity has has only been growing since then. Because it, either because it happened, or you have to give me another explanation for why it would be growing the way that it continues to grow, but especially in the early church. Because if that was not true, something like the resurrection was not true. Oh, I just can't see mm-hmm. it growing the way that it does, right. it, that it did, right. you know, and the disciples giving their lives to the death 
because they saw him dead and they saw him alive. Like, that makes sense. Now, when you said the thing about a historical proof for the resurrection, uh, undeniable proof, even if that guy did not have undeniable proof, I'm sure it was very, very, very good... Oh, good reasonable Good proof. reasonable yeah. arguments. Yeah. And I think it is... I said this in last week's episode. I think it is not fair to put as undeniable proof, I was there and I saw him rise. That is not the only criteria for undeniable proof. Right. Undeniable proof would be, I saw him dead, and then I saw him alive after. And this is my story to you. Eyewitness testimony, in yeah. other words. And if you are not accepting eyewitness testimonies from people, which has been enough proof throughout history to put people away for life, right, on the strength of eyewitness testimonies. If you are not willing to accept the eyewitness testimonies and your only criteria for sure belief, not just this seems reasonable, like he's saying the belief in God seems reasonable, but a a belief that you can still stake your life on even though you were not there to actually see it happen, if that's going to be your only criteria, then you're not going to you're never going to be able to come to any solid belief in anything sure. because you have uh, a wrong idea of what tru- a, of what proof yeah, is. It's an unreasonable... Exactly, um, yeah. Um, expectation. Yeah, expectation, yeah. yeah. Right. It's radical skepticism. Okay. I can't yeah. think of words now. Yeah, but it's radical skepticism to say, I'm not going to believe in something unless I was there yeah. to actually see it happen. That's not how we believe in almost anything. Right. <laughs> you know, how we believe in... That the earth is round. Well, you, you could say <laughs> you could say that too about anything. Yeah, you could just be like, well, yeah, I I, I uh, met a lady. Did George the, Washington ever live? I don't yeah, know. Sure. I wasn't there to ever see it. Right. You know. Um, like, that's I met, not how we I met a lady at the motor things. vehicle when I was getting a car registered or something, and I how was you, talking to her. How do, how do I know that? Well, you, I wasn't there. You don't have to believe me. Um, but the. Uh, but it, it was a conversation. She was reading a book for, by Ben Shapiro. So I was like, oh, that's cool, mm. you know. Um, and then she's like, yeah, I like like some of his books. And I don't know if I really agree with everything that he that he talks about. I'm like, oh, okay. And then um, she mentioned, oh, th- this was a book all about religion. And he was he was talking about the Jewish religion. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't believe any of that stuff. I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, and so we were talking a little bit, and and um, and I said, well, I mean, there's some pretty good evidence for the things that are written in the scripture. You know, we can go through that. She was like, I don't believe any of that. You know, I said, and she said, I don't, I don't believe that that any of the history that we read is true. I said, well, hmm. how do you <laughs> like how do, how does that even work? Mm-hmm. You know. But she, she just said, I, I just don't, I, you can't prove that mm-hmm. anything happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there you well, go. I guess we're yeah. done with her conversation. It's irrational. It's yeah. just irrational. Yeah. You know? And it's a good way to, to silence somebody. Well, why would you trust any um, historical scholar like Abar Ehrman, who's trying to disprove something? Why would you trust what he has to say about history? Sure. Then? Well, and that's another thing. Why would you trust him over... Over the yeah the veracity. Of well, you you would only have to say that you can only disprove things, but mm-hmm. you can't prove anything. You know, right, which right. is where he's at. Really, yeah, really, is because you can't prove it because I I wasn't there to see it. He didn't say that you know outright. <clears throat> sure, but that seems to be kind of the 
I, I didn't hear his arguments for why the resurrection didn't happen. Right. But he's going with Bart Ehrman, from what I can tell from his book, because that's what he did mention. And I know one of Bart Ehrman's points. It was either Bart Ehrman or another atheist, I forget, but one of them was, yeah, I'm not going to believe it unless I was there to see it. And it's like, okay, if that is your expectation, then you can't believe anything about history. Sure. Or anything that judges today are putting people away for life on on trial, and they put them away for life in. Right. That kind of evidence is not enough to convince you. And maybe right. that's why Jesus said uh, they won't believe even if somebody rises from the mm-hmm. dead. You know, and why Thomas said, um, "Unless I see, I won't believe." You know, Jesus is like, "If you want evidence, here's evidence." But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Right. So it's it's more than a reasonable belief, but it should be very telling that even this, uh, even Rhett is saying that this, it's a reasonable belief, but because there's not enough proof of that, that he's not going to believe it. When enough proof is an unreasonable expectation sure. of proof. And is there more proof on the other side? No. No. Well, not that I've heard. No. Oh, what is the other side? Just that it didn't happen, I guess. <laughs> right. But I, we didn't hear any, no. un- unfortunately, no. any, any arguments. I have heard some arguments, obviously, there, but none not. None of those details that he brought, that he he could have brought out. Yeah, yeah. yeah that were convincing right. to him. Right. You know. What do we got? Get in there. Oh, baby. And it deserves we're some close scrutiny. now. And I actually think it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. That's my personal opinion. I could be wrong. Classic. But that's... That, I could be wrong and go to hell when I die. So... We're both wrong. Two things. I want to come back... I want to end on, like, your label that you apply to yourself. But I did want to ask, how do you process the anticipated criticism of everything you share? Um, I'm just, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I... Uh, I am. A, I'm a three on the enneagram. And one of the characteristics of the enneagram. It's like a personality test kind of thing. He used a satanic symbol. No, I'm just kidding. Reform people don't like it, but that shouldn't be surprising. Being misunderstood. Looks almost like a pentagram. What? Yeah, it's called the Star of David. And I know that that's going to happen. Um. But it's just part of the growth process, being okay with it, being okay with people mischaracterizing the things that I've said, uh, people dismissing the things that I've said. That I think I wish, I wish he came down, I wish he came down somewhere, you know, that's what I was saying. Doesn't, it's not consistent with my theology. Um, That that's again, like I said, that's tough. But I think it's only tough because I'm an egotistical asshole sometimes. Amen. I think if I'm truly humble, um, then I then I shouldn't I shouldn't let those things bother me. You know, it's just like yeah, that's going to happen. But I don't know I don't know how I'm going to process. It. Interesting how language always comes with losing the faith. Twitter and for some reason I just haven't I just haven't had the emotional energy. I've been thinking a lot. I remember about that with my one friend who became an atheist. People if they have questions. I think we will engage with people if they have questions. Uh like and, you it's know, a- after you tell your story. There's no reason not to, I guess. I thought, you know, uh, we're naturally good. You're so different than me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think Especially that there's for a, this type of there, stuff there, in this 
this experience. Language isn't important, though. And I think it's, you know, we made a decision for you to go first, and I think that's going to be that's very helpful for me for people to understand my story second. Yeah, but go ahead. I mean, I don't know. You I started I, listening I, to Link's I don't story. know how. Uh, I'm I'm definitely because I want everybody to like me, which is a flaw. It's not something I'm proud of. Um, I know that some people won't like this. A lot of people won't like this. A lot of people are going to be offended. A lot of people are going to say that I misrepresented the facts. A lot of people are going to say, because listen, if you, if you agree with everything I said, then, <laughs> you know, how could you still have faith? So it's like, I understand that. I, Listen, I, I remember we we had we had a good friend. We had a good friend who had a bunch of doubts, and we, I remember how we treated him. And I loved him, but I remember when he started ta- talking all this stuff about how he was doubting certain things. I was like, I remember asking, I was like, "What are you going to teach your kids, man?" I do. I remember that. Now. And that's I remember the, that's thinking the way things to like, "Disciple someone, <laughs> man." I guess he just. I guess he never. Ha- I guess he never knew Jesus because the Jesus I know, I would never think those things. And I know that's how, I know how I would have processed hearing this story. And it, again, it's just As a it's, side note, it's I'm, difficult for I'm, me. I'm glad that we still have a relationship with him and that we've talked through it since then and that he was, he was patient with us in a way that now we're asking for people to be, you're asking for people to be patient with you and I'm asking for people to be patient with me. Yeah. Um, patient, not in waiting for someone to change their mind, but just to, to be just to still be loving. He was still very loving to us, even though it had to have been written all over every, everything we said and every, our faces, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, do you, you could have given better advice. In a desire to, to put a bow on something, are you happy with the label that you've given yourself of hopeful agnostic? I mean, is is that? Are you happy with that? That's, I don't know how to answer. I'm happy with it. <laughs> I mean, you. It's just who. It's just where I'm at. He's not a happy agnostic. No, I'm, I am happy. And he's not a militant agnostic, which is good. Is that a thing? Is it a destination? I saw a bumper sticker years ago. That's really funny. Militant agnostic. It's I'm really going. Funny. Do you really know what that means? I think it's a. <laughs> well. If you really think of, you know, it's like you're, you're militantly ignorant. It's like, right. Great. No, I think it's a joke. I think he's, he was, like, I'm not ever gonna believe it could be, could be. It was years ago before I thought of jokes. It was years ago before I thought of jokes. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like a Jamie joke. A militant agnostic, right? It could be though. It could, it may not have been. Embrace the reality of evolution. Every the reality living being on the earth is That's related obvious. to every living being on the earth. It seems that obvious. That's what he said last time. It, it seems like it's right, and now it's a reality. Um, and I know that I could go into the desert, or I could go into the office and have a crazy religious experience. That all of a sudden I come back and I'm like, I got, I got something for you. <laughs> and I'm not closing myself off to that. I'm not a. I'm not some pure naturalist. Because listen, yeah, and all is not lost for him for sure. If anything that should, if my story represents anything, is that I'm willing to change my mind. I had a faith that was so solid. I had 
This was so deep. This wasn't this Sunday morning thing, man. This was a lifestyle. This was in my blood. And I let it go. Because I did not believe it to be true. I'm going to follow truth wherever it leads. Without fear. Without fear of uncomfortable conclusions. And if that means that, oh, and you know what? You're going to have an encounter with God that is going to send you to some new place or send you all the way back, then so be it. Uh, but the thing I don't want to do is I don't want to... I, I feel like the curiosity and the openness that characterizes my life right now is something I don't want to let go of. Yeah, just... I think that's one of the, you know, he, he hit the nail right on the head. He's saying, I want truth on all this, but I want to stay open. Yeah. And truth is objectively true. And so it, of necessity, must discount other potential truths. And so that's why when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, it discounts other truths. All, and so, all other truth claims. Right. Yeah. And so if you're trying to be open to, well, maybe it's, uh, Buddha, or maybe it's the mysticism, like that's that, maybe that's God, right? If you always are trying to retain an openness to that, then you will never settle on one truth. And I think that is something that's scaring him from actually putting his line in the sand and saying, I believe that this is true, because that would negate his possibility of being open to other things. And so if you want to stay to just that, that agnostic, I think that, I don't think he's looking for absolute truth, I think he's looking for the openness and that agnosticism. He wants to just stay open to the possibility of things without actually accepting a firm truth of anything. Sure. And I don't want to be, in fact, a quote from Ravi Zacharias that I used to say, I'm going to butcher the quote, but he essentially talked about, you know, being, you don't want to be so open-minded that your mind is like a sewer, just letting everything in. You know, eventually you got to bite down on something. So I recognize that you just can't be passive. But he was I actually, down on a lot of things. Um, I don't know. I have had some experiences and <laughs> come to some conclusions, but I'm not ready to share all that at this point. Did you miss um, that? But I would say okay, that good, good. if anything, that was it's, really bad. it's just sort of confirmed the direction that I've been going. Uh, there is no direction away from mm -hmm. the faith of my childhood. That's my story. But to nothing. Thank you for sharing. I do have wrecks. Make a wreck. Then tell me it feels good to get it out. Uh, first of all, it does feel good to tell this story. You have to wait a little bit. Uh, yeah. I'm going to sleep well tonight, Link. I didn't sleep well last night. Um, <laughs> Same. My, I've already mentioned a couple of these wrecks, but I'm going to say it again because the they relate to what I just told you about. Oh. Um, Come on, again, man. the wiki entry on chromosome 2. Read it. Uh, it's a short one. It's super easy to understand. It's a better explanation of what I just said. The wiki entry uh, entitled Evidence of Common Descent, which is a long one. Again, the people might be like, why are you pointing people to Getting Wikipedia? Your beliefs from well, Wikipedia, Wikipedia is actually a great reference for <laughs> these kinds of things source. because it's all footnoted and referenced. I get it. He's you trying to go find to those resources if you want easy to for deeper. people to read. But it's a great comprehensive, up-to-date list, sort of a living list of the evidence for evolution. But if you are a book person, whether you want to read or listen to it, I do recommend Why Evolution is True by Jerry Coyne. 
which is a pretty uh, sort of easy-to-read explanation if you've never kind of dug into the subject and, and, and uh, was, you know... I was already on that train when I read that book, but it's, uh, I just thought he did a great job of putting it together. So those are my recs. Thanks for listening to this long podcast. Hopefully Link will go even longer. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. God bless you all. (laughs) (laughs) God bless us, everyone. Um, yeah, I think I was hoping for for more specifics. You know, I mean, he gave the the book recommendations, and I get that. But um, but there's a reason that I called you the artesian pastor, pastor, because an artesian carpenter or worker is skilled at what he does and builds things. And I think that's what we want to do. Um, you know, when people come to these deconstruction type questions. A lot of the questions he's asking are not bad at all. No. You know, I could be wrong. What if this is not true? Those are common, everybody has them type of questions that are not a problem. But I think to deconstruct instead of to um, reconstruct or sift away what you grew up with that needs to be sifted away. Yeah. Exactly. The childlike, and maybe it's it stayed in your childlike faith. You know, he still doesn't understand Isaiah fifty, uh, Isaiah fifty five, yeah. or whatever that passage was. Isaiah fifty five, yeah. Right. So I think there's still other things that we can always be learning, but I think if you stay in the, uh, you know, the Bible Belt Christianity, without getting the uh, digging deeper, and then and he he seems to be very open, which is good to both sides of you know Josh McDowell, Lee Strobel, you know solid apologetic um, works, yeah. right? Um, Not and convincing, though. yeah, <laughs> but it makes it reasonable at least. Um, so I thought I think that's good too, but you have to be in a position where you do put your stake in the ground somewhere and say either Jesus rose from the dead or he didn't. Yep, you know. And if he did, then everything else about all of this stuff on the outside, then, of the munchkin, (laughs) Um, LGBTQ stuff, abortion, I mean, obviously these are important things, but Jesus says stuff to all of those things. And so if he rose from the dead, then we should take what he has to say on all of those issues. And if he didn't, then we're left with swimming in the water with nothing. And no purpose and uh, no meaning for life. And we shouldn't believe in Jesus just because he makes us feel good, you know? Uh, a lot of times, taking up your cross is not fun and denying yourself. No kid, yeah. Um, but it is eminently worth it. Uh, not just for, you know, eternal life and stuff, but also for everyday life. And, yeah. and the joy and the peace that he does bring. Amen. So, that's what I would say. Very good. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> our, our no, I, I just yeah I, I, I feel you, you summed it up well I mean um, yeah, we're always encouraging people to ask the questions you know what we try and deal with at counterculture in our personal lives you know we're, we're 
I feel like we're, we are reconstructing, you know, we're just Mm -hmm. trying to take the, the things that are, that we've always heard and just say, okay, so let me, let me learn about it. You know, let me, let me examine it and see if it, if it lines up with the scripture, if it doesn't, then just put it off to the side. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a tradition, take all our traditions and just put them just, don't get rid of them necessarily. Mm-hmm. Just put them to the to the back burner. It's not the final. And, and look at the scripture. What is what does right. the Bible say about the different the different aspects of what we believe? And and then you know the tradition may be good. Okay, bring it back and incorporate right. it. But at least have that foundation. Build the foundation on the solid the the solid rock, which is Christ. You know, and then just build on that. And sometimes it, it does take us to 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 uh, pull some bricks out of place, yeah, and just move them because well, our foundation isn't just right. So let's let's make sure that that's right, yeah. And then we can build, and then then that building won't have you know we're not going to have uh, cracks in the walls. We're not going to have gaps between things. You know things will be lined up well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the better we can do that, the better we can sit down with people like Rhett and Link and be able to, you know, when they have a question, be able to say, ah, oh, cool, let's let's hang out, let's mm-hmm. talk about it. Instead of, you know, well, the Bible says this, you know, so you just have to believe right, it kind right. of thing. Um, and, you know, and challenge, you know, it's, it's always good to... Um, you know, to, to challenge yourself, but also to be able to challenge your friends, the people you mm-hmm. care about and ask the questions, you know, when they present something that's a little off to be able to say, oh, hold on a minute, let me, you know, let me, let's deal with that because this mm-hmm. is important stuff. Let's, let's talk through it. And that's hard to do, you know, especially if you're non-confrontational, mm-hmm. you know, yes. yeah, definitely. but, um, but we are called to speak the truth in love and, and, uh, and to do what we're, we need to be about truth. Mm-hmm. We have to, and he was saying that, and and that's that's good. I mean, that's a that's a, a true statement. We should be all about the truth, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and some stuff is harder to to understand than others, and yeah. all that. But but uh, I believe that God is is knowable to the to the point that he will allow us to know <laughs> here, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and for me, I don't, I don't know what that limit is. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to pursue my mm-hmm. knowledge of him. I want to know the Lord as best that I can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I want to put me, you know, um, uh, put my autonomy to the, to the right. side. Right. I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. I want to be able to pursue him and, and really get to know him, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's really where, you know, it's where we, we want to be and that's where we want to encourage you guys to be. Yeah. You know, I think it's, that's the good, good place. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, <clears throat> but yeah, reconstruct, don't right. deconstruct. Yeah. Come on people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll put a link below. I know one uh, debate that, that link? was really helpful for me. Yeah, I'll put a picture of a link. Uh, <laughs> is a debate between Bart Ehrman and uh, James White on Jesus' resurrection. Um, and I know Michael Brown has done some great work on that. Mike Winger, 
um, in proofs for the resurrection and things like that. So I'll put some links, uh, not that link, um, down below in the um, in the description. Um, and always remember, like it's not too late for Rhett either oh, or Link. Yeah, you know, we'll be praying for these. Yeah, guys. be praying for them. Um, and you know, think of the thief on the cross. You know, who his whole life was trash until the very last moment, sure. and that was that was enough. So, um, yeah, if you know people in your life that are struggling with this kind of thing too, um, maybe send them this podcast or send them some of the links below or um, talk with them. Like, don't be afraid, you know, sure. to just, you might have to dig deeper, you know, into what you thought you believed because if you believe something that's not um, based in reality, um, then that might not be enough to help somebody who's dealing with these really deep and important yeah, questions. Definitely. So make sure that you know what you believe well enough so that you can be that voice to when somebody comes to you with these kind of questions that you can answer them for. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, as Rhett said, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with this long podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this might be a piecemeal kind of thing for you folks. You watch a little bit or listen sure. to a little bit here. Well, by Put this up time, to four times the speed. <laughs> Um, four times should be great. <laughs> I really got a lot out of that podcast when I listened to it at four times the speed. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but yeah, hopefully this is, you know, this is useful stuff. Um, and if anybody is out there and they're, they're part of the body or even if you're not, um, part of our body, if you're not part of, um, our church, what are you, trying to say? Um, you know, and, and you're, you're struggling yourself with these kind of things, you know, please, you know, you can comment to us, mm-hmm. you can reach out to us, um, you know, reach out to pastor Steve, reach, like there's, there's a lot of good, there's answers, a yeah. lot of good, uh, people to talk to, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the things that I, I briefly, briefly pointed out with, was more of, I was, we're mocking him, but um, when Rhett was, you know, it, it, it seemed that, and maybe this isn't the case, but it seemed that he was getting his counsel from his friends. It's not always the best way to get counsel. Mm-hmm. You know, go go to the people who, um, you know, who are your spiritual authority. Yeah. Go to your go to your parents. Go to your go to your uh, your pastor. Yeah. You know, and and it 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 is good to have good friends. You know, Joel and I. You know, I present stuff to him, and mm-hmm. and uh, and he presents stuff to us. We 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 to you. We're he presents stuff to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm identifying as us now. Um, it's the they them. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. No. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but yes, we do talk quite a lot. Yeah, and so so that's good. But but if I if I had, um, you know, if this was something that I was battling with, you know, I'd be going to Pastor Steve right. and I'd be sitting yeah. down with him and and uh, talking to the other elders of the church and really you know really seeking people good, who are there counsel. for that reason. Yeah, you know, and then and many counselors, their safety, you know, it's a it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but we'd be happy to, to chat yeah, with you too. Definitely. And, uh, if you can make it out on Friday nights, seven thirty mm-hmm. for counterculture, that's great. 
we are doing biblical citizenship in modern America. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a catch-up, you right. know. This is a reality podcast, but yeah. uh, we will be doing a final catch-up for that that series uh, when it's over in you know like twenty twenty twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a long series. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, yeah. If you liked what you saw, you know. Yeah. Uh, give us a thumbs up, like it, comment, yep. you know, we'd love to hear your comments. Yeah. So, yep. and uh, subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching, making it all the way to the end. Um, yeah. Check out our sponsors too. Uh, Born Again Baking and friendsoftodayschoice.org. And remember. And remember. Is it your This life? is a promise. Yeah. Yeah. That right. the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.